0: Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse, episode 394. I am Peter, and joining me is Matt. Hey, what's going on? This is the DC Comics Podcast. We get together and we talk about this week's DC books that we mm-hmm. read. Uh, and the sh- shockingly long list that we've got to talk yeah. about this week is Batman 142, Birds of Prey issue 6, Shazam issue 8, Matt's going to talk about Poison Ivy issue 19. And I've Mm -hmm. got a Patreon book of Batman and the Outsiders issue 11. So yeah, uh, week one right now is very quiet. And this does count as week one. I know it's kind of weird because it feels like we're already quite a bit in February. But last week was the week five books. So true. Yeah. Weird weird scheduling. But here we are. That's what it is. We've Mm -hmm. got Joker year one and we'll like it because we've got nothing else.
1: I wouldn't be so sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sometimes I'd rather have nothing. <laughs>
0: uh, yes, we'll get, we'll get in there for them. But yes, welcome, welcome to the show, everyone. Matt, how was your week? It was, uh, very busy. I'm still recovering from being sick.
1: Now I feel like it's become a chest cold, so that's fun. Um, just no relent, you know, unrelenting, just stuff to do at work. So uh, I've just been very tired. I, I've become the Orange Cassidy. I'm so tired, Renee.
0: So that's just my general vibe as of late. Yeah, I uh I guess I've been kind of busy this week. I, I I I did, you know, my sleeping partner's been all over the place and I kinda I got a decent sleep last night. I thought, oh that was that wasn't bad. I'm kind of set now for the weekend, I think. Um but I left. You can't
1: you can't just bake sleep like that it's not, no no I know. don't mean,
0: I don't mean I'm gonna be awake all all weekend. What I mean yeah. is is that my pattern's in the right place that it won't be mm. difficult for when I've got stuff planned. Like on Sunday, gotcha. for example, I've got a recording at 6 p.m. my time. And there are sometimes my sleeping pattern's yeah. so screwed up that I struggle and yes. only get a few hours of sleep because of that. But regardless, uh, I was like, oh, no, no, this is kind of corrected me. I'm fine for the weekend. But because I only had four books to read, I was like, oh, I'll mm-hmm. just, you know, I'll do them. I'll start them about two hours before the show. Mm-hmm. I go to read Batman first. And my eyes just start closing. I'm like, oh yeah. no, what have I done? Yeah. I need to read these books, and I'm falling asleep. So my recollection of that Batman issue is going because oh, no. I, I intentionally got up and got an, an energy drink, and you know, woke myself up and had a shower. I I, I got myself rejuvenated.
1: I I'm afterwards. gonna be honest. I was gonna rely on you because I read that on Tuesday and got it <laughs> off the way. So oh man, this that should be fun. We should just do it for memory. We shouldn't open it up and just be like...
0: <laughs> no looking, no cheating. You yeah, have to completely do uh, it from recollection. Okay, uh, I mean, we could give it a try. I don't, I don't, I don't uh, know how well that's going to go, though. Oh, not going uh, to be... So, yeah, that's, uh, that, that's, that's been my day. Because I, I had to... Uh, I, I had, like, a, a movie show to edit today, because that goes out on Patreon today, uh, before it goes out tomorrow... And I had to do uh, an episode of Person of Interest to go out today, uh, and I need to get them done today because I've got stuff to do tomorrow. now. Normally, I don't do stuff on a Saturday; I do it on the Friday. But because we were recording on the Friday right. late instead of tomorrow, everything's you know switched,
1: there's some uh, adjusting.
0: But uh, which is fine; it's not a big deal. It's it's, uh, yeah. it's just it's just uh, it meant I couldn't leave anything, so I was like, okay, I need to get everything else done. I'll get to the books later, and then like a sniper it hit me just yeah. as I started reading. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah. in a bit. But no, not too bad. Although I did watch a lot of bad movies this week for huh? various different reasons. Oh, yeah,
1: I-, I watched a very good movie. I watched The Holdovers. Oh, so... was a, that was a very
0: good movie. Yes.
1: I really enjoyed it. Um, in, in the year that's been just long movie after long movie, um, it, it was one that I didn't really feel the time. Like it felt nice just
0: to, yeah. be around those characters. It was it was actually still a little bit over two hours, so it wasn't mm-hmm. super short or anything, but certainly not mega length either. Well,
1: yeah, after after you know, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon and Oppenheimer, you know, these are two hours and seventeen minutes. It's kind of quaint. So, but yeah. I didn't feel the feel the time at all. It was very well paced. I I like that uh, Alexander Payne for the most part. Um. So, but this is also the pitfalls of streaming is we were also going to watch Sideways to partner with it. Mm. Uh, another Paul Giamatti, Alexander Payne team up. And it's just gone off of Peacock. And I know it was there last weekend because I wanted to watch it last weekend. But my uh, my dearly beloved wife was like, no, let's make it a, a double feature. And And Holdovers was there, but Sideways was not. So,
0: you know. Uh, I feel like I'll... you only say Daily beloved when you're like at a funeral or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I wasn't happy because <laughs> I really wanted to watch Sideways again, and I hate, I hate, and again, you know, not upset with with her exactly, but you know, I hate, I hate this, and I know this is why the physical media push and whatever, but Sideways isn't a Blu-ray that I'm I'm gonna own, you know, so I'm gonna have to find it digitally now.
0: Yeah, just, you just can go that way. Rent it or buy it on a yeah wherever. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. But I I also watched Chopping Mall, which um, oh
0: okay now no, a proper th- movie okay.
1: Th- yeah, thoroughly thoroughly enjoyable.
0: Uh so mm.
1: uh, Maniac Cop. Uh, uh, I followed that up with Maniac Cop. N- not not nearly as much. Like, it's it's fine, but, uh, uh,
0: but I th- I don't like as much as Chopping Mall, but I do like Maniac yeah. Cop.
1: But yeah, that's what I mean. I think the the fatal flaw was watching it right after Chopping Mall, which is, you know, just insanely fun. And I'll never forget the kill bots going, thank you, have a nice day, after every time they do something very heinous. In the name of security, though, you know, they are just doing their job.
0: <laughs> kind of. I mean, they are technically trespassing. Yeah. You know,
1: and the computer got fried by a lightning strike. So,
0: well that was always know. the excuse for Ethan and 80s movies that it yep. gets struck by lightning uh-huh. and that's why things are happening.
1: Yep. So but no, very, very, very enjoyable. So uh that's another eighties one that uh, I can knock off the list. I do I really have an affection for the eighties era of horror, but, you know.
0: As, as just, do I. Uh, it's
1: it's so silly, you know. Um not quite as silly as something like Slumber Party Massacre Two. Although is that even eighties?
0: Yeah, that's it. Okay. The third one is 1990s, so yeah, two is okay. definitely still in the 80s.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and then like Halloween four is delightfully 80s, you know, uh, right there at the tail end. So it's nice to have another one in the repertoire for Halloween time.
0: Oh yeah, can't go wrong with a bit of chopping mall if you're mm-hmm. into that kinda kind of thing, and I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I mean I started off the week. I mean most of these were for shows of some kind, but I started off the week for so. I mean, for those of you who don't know, uh, one of the Patreon shows that I do monthly with David is extra reels where we intentionally watch some of the worst movies ever made. Uh, hopefully they're so bad that they're funny and amazing. But like, like the hip hop witch? No, 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 no. We didn't do the hip hop witch. Mm-hmm. I hate, it, but that that was not so bad. It was good. That oh. was so bad. It was a torture for eight gotcha. minutes. I don't think you fully comprehended that movie was nothing but a bunch of rappers ad-libbing yeah. that was just pieced together.
1: Right, but I figured that's why, when you say that you watched the worst movies, I figured that's what that was under.
0: No, no, no. that that was that was a streaming-related incident where gotcha. someone got to pick a movie and they picked the most torturous thing they could possibly have imagined. It,
1: it was a streaming-related uh, threat, not threat, but uh, assault. A incident. Yes.
0: Uh, we we'll simply refer to it from this day forth as The Incident now yeah. uh, we did Troll 2 which is one of the most famous bad movies there ever was uh, you can't piss yes. on hospitality I won't allow it yeah. uh, but that was almost the highlight because I watched Ghostbusters 2016 mm-hmm. on Wednesday for a show that movie is mm. it's rough it's
1: meh it's it's the the borderline just like it's there
0: I I think you know? I, I've pivoted more into just rough now with times yeah. although to be fair Watching it only a couple of weeks after the original Ghostbusters had mm-hmm. did not do it any favors because uh, the yeah, comedy yeah. is garbage in it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I think it was a true, this wasn't for a show. I just wanted to throw on a random, you know, that dumb 80s movie. I wanted to, something I'd not seen. And I threw on a Chuck Norris movie called Invasion USA because the plot sounded insane. And Richard Lynch, B movie icon, Richard Lynch, mm-hmm. is the villain. And I thought, oh, yeah, I can, I can go with that. <laughs> Uh, and it was the most boring two hours like, oh. like it, it didn't matter what the plot was they somehow made it the most dull thing imaginable it was really quite spectacular just how dull it was so unfortunately that was
1: any relation to David Lynch
0: no, no I don't believe okay. so no uh, uh, he's definitely a, a successful actor in the the, mm. the B movie sphere I highly recommend his portrayal of effectively Jesus and God told me to. Okay. But he's he's in he's in many things. Uh but yeah. So that, that was pre- that the only sort of proper thing I watched this week technically then was uh Society of the Snow. Uh which is the uh Netflix have distributed I don't think they yeah they made it from scratch, but yeah. they're the ones that put it out. Mm-hmm. And it's based on the Andes rugby team plane mm-hmm. disaster from 1972. So it's a cheery watch. It's so a feel-good, lift-your-spirits yeah. kind of movie.
1: Yeah. I don't want to give anything away because people don't know, but yeah. Uh, this one has 100% less Ethan Hawke, though, compared to Alive. True.
0: But that's actually more authentic because like yes. the characters were supposed to be... uh Correct. Uh, Argentinian,
1: I would say? I think so. Yeah. They're one of the South American countries because yeah. they're going over the Andes, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when a... it happens, yeah. Yeah, so they're not meant to be a bunch of white guys speaking English. <laughs> right. That's 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 definitely uh, the case. right?
1: Because uh, the director that is, um, he did The Impossible. I'm drawing a blank on his name.
0: J.A. Biona.
1: Yeah, Biona, that's right. I think he also did Fallen Kingdom, Jurassic World
0: 2. He did. Yeah. So he also did uh The Orphanage, which is another mm-hmm. Spanish speaking movie they did yes. back before those other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh he's a very weird director. I feel I feel I feel like I, I'm not yeah. super passionate about anything that he's done. And some some of what he's done I just don't like, but even the ones that are better I'm not super passionate about. Yeah. That's uh I don't know. It's interesting. Uh but I, that that was that was my uh week of Movie watching definitely not a mm-hmm. a week for the ages full of heavy hitters, but
1: uh oh that's Richard Lynch now I I had to look him up my computer was lagging, so as we were talking I was oh you recognize lie. him yeah I recognize him I've seen him in things so mm. um nothing comes up uh exactly but he has one of the he's one of those guys like you've seen him pop up in a bunch of things
0: um. That's... Off the top of my head, he was also in Alligator Two. Mm-hmm. He was also in Werewolf, which was a Mystery Science Theater Two Thousand movie. So you've probably mm-hmm. not seen that unless you've watched nope. that show. Uh, he's been in more. I'm trying. To... I, I, he's been in at least like an episode of Star Trek: Next mm-hmm. Generation. Uh, he was in. You know, he, he pops up in TV shows, which is probably more likely where you've seen him rather than the yep. movies that he's been in. But
1: that's exactly where uh, I've seen him pop up on stuff like. Uh, like you said, Star Trek, uh, he was on Murder, She Wrote. Uh, say so he was in a couple uh, Murder, She Wrote. So,
0: But yeah, yeah. he's
1: one oh, of those faces.
0: Yeah, okay. So, all right, well, I wish I had more small talk because there's not a lot of books this week. But I'm mm-hmm. feeling like this is just going to be a shorter episode, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. I should have planned an activity, like a fun activity where we, yeah. I don't know, I make Matt guess the top 100 DC characters according to X website. <laughs> See what it comes oh, that, up
1: that said, I, I saw that list going around, so, you know. Uh,
0: you oh, know. I, was, I just pulled that out of my ass. I didn't realize there was oh, like a current no, one there doing the
1: There's someone had put uh, together a list and they had ranked, uh, I don't know what the criteria was, but, you know, of course, you who you'd think near the top is near the top and you know uh, uh-huh. other other characters are woefully underrepresented so
0: okay uh, so but who was Cold yeah. Snap I didn't see Cold Snap I don't know if it went down that low oh come on come on come on come on yeah. what do you mean sub-zero <laughs> hey, hey, hey.
1: absolute zero <laughs>
0: uh, uh, but, yeah, but
1: I, did, I did remember Lois was ranked at like number 7 which was pretty cool
0: that's, that's um, respectable yeah, uh, I don't know how uh, how high I would go. I mean, we are coming up to episode four hundred. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I, I know we did like a top ten or whatever back at episode one hundred, but yeah, you know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe it is time to maybe do a bigger bigger yeah. countdown as a special or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about that since we're you know we're about what six weeks away
1: now. Some something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're getting we're getting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should be springtime by the time we're. Uh, Doing that, so mm. uh, we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, let's get into Matt's favorite part of the show. Yep. The comicsology top ten, or the the list formally known as comicsology yes. top ten. <laughs> there might be some comics on this list, who knows? They're very possibly, very well maybe comics somewhere. Alright, Tuesday first because they separate them by day. Ranked, mm-hmm. as of right now, on Kindle's comic book store rankings, mm-hmm. what do you think number one is from DC? Um, yes, and it's Batman. Yeah, it It's the most boring possible guess yeah. and outcome you what, it, could have imagined.
1: Yeah, Batman and Joker, of course it's going to be number one. Like, I'm sure the well, this is all digital too, but I know yeah, my shop should have had a bunch of them. I, I Off air, I, I let Pete know there was a mishap at my comic shop this week, so I would assume there would have been a gigantic stack
0: of these just based off of the, the title, mm. so uh, Number two is Shazam, number three is Ooh. Birds of Prey We used to there's hardly any books this week there's like no competition <laughs> yeah, but I,
1: I like, yeah, but I like that Shazam came in too, because I, I would have had Birds of Prey there, so the fact that Shazam is there is that's good
0: I mean, I like both of those books a lot, so I, uh, the either are just fine with me uh, 4 is how ill is a guy Gardner in 10 days um, speaking of characters that won't be on my top 50 <laughs> uh, <laughs> number 5 is Neil before Zod that's definitely benefiting from a week with hardly any books <sighs> uh, 6 is Red Hood the Hell issue 0 which I think is just reprints before the new miniseries starts uh, number 7 is Superman 7A issue 4 number 8 is Poison Ivy Number nine is Fire and Ice, and number 10 is Suicide Squad Kill Arkham Asylum. So, I mean, yeah, they got to 10 books, but it's definitely not your... Uh... Just barely they got to 10. Yeah, but it's, it's a lot of, you know, like yeah. Fire and Ice and Neil Before Zod and Red Hood to Hell. And I'm not saying none of these could be great books. They could be, yeah. but I've tried Fire and Ice and Neil Before Zod, and they were both rough. So... <laughs> I'm, they I'm were looking... so rough
1: that even I'm still not reading them.
0: Yeah, and we all know.
1: We all know. I keep reading things way longer than I should be. And you're a slut oh.
0: for Superman stuff. Hmm. Filthy, dirty little mm-hmm. Superman <laughs> Look, I'm a bit loopy. Okay, mm-hmm. right. The, the, the level of humor might be in a a precarious position throughout this episode.
1: It, it might turn you into uh, something Joker-esque mm stay mm. away from vats of acid I'll tell you that much
0: hmm that's just good advice in general that regardless True. of joker or, orization unless you're
1: Connor then it might make him better,
0: <laughs> <Maybe> better improvement <laughs> oh dear okay uh Wednesday, what you, what you think number one is
1: um I'm seeing if I, there's any cheat here I don't hmm. see any there's something that sticks out um but i'm not sure that would be number one so i'm just gonna go out on a limb and say x-men 31
0: that is incorrect
1: that's all right so the thing that i didn't think would be number one uh, is ultimate black panther that is number one yeah all right fair.
0: that is makes it, sense i mean i don't think there was an ultimate black panther the last time they did the ultimate, no. ultimate stuff so this feels mm-hmm. like a you tip. but it's brian, brian edward hill who did do some dc mm-hmm. books that we liked uh, yeah, uh, Outsiders. Um wait, was it outsiders? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's outsiders, it Black
1: Lightning, Katana, that was a that was a good time.
0: Yeah. Uh number two is X-Men 31. Number mm-hmm. three is Rogue's Sun, uh, which is an image book. Mm-hmm. Uh number four is Love Everlasting, which is also an image book. That's a Tom King book, probably. that's Tom yeah. King. Yeah. Yep. Uh number five is Avengers 10. Number six is Gunslinger, issue 28, which is an image book. That's Todd McFarlane, even.
1: Yeah, that's Spawn. So it's Gunslinger, but Spawn's written very small underneath.
0: Uh, I don't see that in this cover. But, I mean, Mm -hmm. I I can see that it is Spawn in the cowboy hat, but...
1: Well, they have it listed as Gunslinger, Spawn on League of
0: Com Geeks. Uh, no. Uh, Not not on Kindle or, Mm -hmm. uh, or on the cover here, for the looks of it. But, fair enough. Uh... Uh, We got Fantastic Four, 17 at number 7. Number 8 is Captain America, 6. Number 9 is Doctor Strange, 12. And number 10, uh, I'm going to go click on this to get the full title, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, The Return, issue 1. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, Written by Amy Jo Johnson. Hey!
1: Can't believe it yourself.
0: The Pink Ranger, uh, writing some of the comic books. Um, Much like last week, it's sticking out to me here how much uh, the top 10 here isn't Marvel. Mm. I mean, one, two, three, four out of ten is not Marvel. And that, that's that's high, because normally yeah. it's like nine Marvel or ten Marvel. Mm-hmm. And you may get the one image book creeping in. So, worth, worth mentioning. Uh, and Power Rangers beat a Star Wars book, and that, that is always going to please me. jeez. Oh, <laughs> Star Wars <laughs> is better than Power Rangers. Oh, sorry. Power Rangers yeah. is better than Star Wars. I bet you say Friday and Slip. Friday and Slip. Like I'm not really shitting on the original trilogy here, but I'm yeah. saying the extended, greater Star Wars. Man, so I'm I'm going
1: deep on uh, on League of Comic Geeks to find that Power Ranger book.
0: So oh, I, mean, I bet it's uh, yeah, I bet it's slowed down because it's a new number yeah. one from Boom. Yeah. So. But yeah. Yeah. So uh, nah, there you go. It's a slightly like more interesting Wednesday compared to Tuesday, at least. Mm-hmm. Some surprises in there. Very nice. So that's very good, all right well, there you go that's that's that to be I guess we talk about Batman <laughs> yeah, Oof. all right, well, I'll intro it properly, so that when David's chopping it up, he's got a clean intro, Yep. because you know I wouldn't want to upset him right he's such a vital part of the process. it would be such a shame to make I mean, his he job could give difficult. you. A-
1: he could give you a really big like villain edit too. So I just try to keep David on my good side, or I try to David's good side.
0: You know. Hey, David, we're going to start Batman. That's right, David, issue one four two. David, legacy number nine oh seven. You never believe who's writing this, David. It's Chip Zarsky, <laughs> and there's two artists on this one, David. Yeah. <laughs> it's Giuseppe Camincoli <laughs> and Andrea Sorrentino. Hope if, that was clean if, for you, David. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you're, you're despicable. <laughs> uh, I hope he leaves it all in and make you look real dumb.
0: I, ex- no, I expect I he will leave it in. I, yep. I expect he'll leave it in and either put some words on the screen calling me an idiot or, or something yep. to that. I don't know. I don't know this what he'll man. do. He, he'll,
1: so if if you would have told done. me there's going to be a Chip ski book with art by Andrea Sorrentino last year... hmm. I would have been like, heck yeah. And it's a Batman book? Okay. And, and, and it ends up being Joker right. year one.
0: Hey, look, those few pages of Sorrentino art do look gorgeous. I'm not... Yes. Like, no one can argue that. They look phenomenal. I just wish I cared what was going on <clears throat> on those pages. Like, in, in a vacuum, <clears throat> they look great.
1: I just wish it was comprehensible to what the story is. <laughs> well, <That's
0: all>. well... <laughs> From what I gathered here, and admittedly, mm-hmm. I was in a bit of a sleepy daze as I read yep. this. Uh, I'm sure there was there was a one page in the middle that took me like five minutes to get through because I kept dozing off like halfway yeah. through the page.
1: Those are the worst. Uh, uh, that's where you end up dropping your eye on your face. Like if you're reading like me, <laughs> you know, propped up in bed and, you know, get the
0: jolt. Yep. 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 Uh, so the Sorrentino War, I believe, is the future because it mentions yeah. Barbara being commissioner. So mm-hmm. we're in the future for part of this. And it's mm-hmm. an autopsy of someone who looks like the Joker, but isn't actually the Joker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously the main part of the story is in the past. Uh, specifically, so here's the thing. When I saw the preview pages for this, uh, and I didn't look at them properly, but I just because mm-hmm. they were in every book last week, I, I saw the first part of it. Uh, I was like, oh, they're sort of starting as if it's the end of killing joke kind of thing. They're going for that kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, But it's like after, seemingly after the acid incident, uh, like Joker's split into three. So it's tied into the whole three Jokers thing where two of them start fighting, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even killing each other, although probably not. I it's hard to say. So,
1: and then <laughs> but here's the thing that Zdarsky does too is they're talking about how Red Mask is responsible for there being three Jokers.
0: Well, not even just that. He doesn't just say that Red Mask is responsible. He says, I learned last year that Red Mask was responsible for this. And I'm like, okay, was that in like one of those Joker books that I wasn't reading? Because I don't <laughs> remember that at all.
1: No, I think that was in the Batman run with the, you know, in that issue where we had the him jumping through the different eras, right? So it was just, you know. Oh, was it? An ex- yeah, 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 yeah. And that that um, Red Mask was going through and uh, effectively um, jokerizing all, all the different realms. Okay, that... Yeah.
0: Yeah, okay, that's that's left my brain completely yeah. down.
1: Yeah, and the only reason I remember it is because it got brought up here. When he came down, I was like, Red Mask, no. Because at first I thought Black Mask, I was like, wait, when did Black Mask come into this? And then I was like, oh no, Red Mask was that other stupid thing from the sideways parallel... You know that that we we went to. Where that's why Batman has a has a you know, a robot hand now, because of that stuff.
0: Yeah, but, I. So I I've been kind of critical of Zarsky's voice for Batman throughout this, mm-hmm. but the narration on the first page really bothered me. And I guess technically you could give it a bit of leeway and say this is the future. Batman's changed. Yeah. He's more hardened or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know he literally says that Joker dying is his. Joy, his dream is mm-hmm. for Joker to finally die. Not that he'll kill him, he's not saying he'll murder him. No. But just that, you know, he dreams of Joker dying. And I'm like, I don't know, this feels a bit weird as a monologue for Batman. It, it, it I wasn't sitting with me quite right.
1: Yeah, because it, you would think that Bruce wants Joker to be healed. Uh, you know, because he just doesn't want Joker to be, you know, to be killing people and to, to be his problem anymore, right? So I don't think that Bruce would be okay with him, like, actually dying. That's one oh. of the things that I, I liked in uh, in, in The Return of the Joker, the Batman Beyond, is how much Joker's death affected Bruce.
0: Oh, sure. Look, I, I have no problem with, like, Batman having, like, a moment where he kind of admits that sometimes he thinks about it, like, mm-hmm. and maybe even hopes for it, because, like, dealing with the Joker's so, well... Traumatizing. The Joker that, yeah, yeah. like, I, I get that he'd have moments of weakness and maybe not think about doing it himself, but just... Mm-hmm. Like, think about it, and maybe hope for it. Like, I get that. I'm not against that. It's just the way it's phrased. It's the wording. It just feels mm-hmm. too, like f- you know, like like he's making some sort of Shakespeare. was like, oh, the Joker's death. Yeah. My joy. My soliloquy. Uh, <laughs> as I'm cutting yeah. this guy on the operating table or the cadaver table, whatever you want yeah. to call it. So, yeah, like, like. But the thing is, is it does the whole three Jokers thing, but then it just kind of focuses on one Joker. I think for the rest of the issue, unless I missed something, but I think it was yeah. just focus on the one Joker. And it basically kind of plays as if uh killing joke backstory is what this Joker's backstory is. Uh, mm-hmm. I, although I didn't hate this little bit here, actually, where he goes to the woman that he's supposed to mm-hmm. be with and says, it's me and I'll be fine. I promise. I love you. I'll come back for you. I'm going to fix it. Wait for me, Sally. And he runs off. But then like her, Husband, presumably comes out the house and is like who is that and she's like I don't know so I do kind of like the idea that the backstory and killing joke yeah. wasn't real and it's just Joker like thinks that's his backstory yeah. I kind of like that implication that's, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not bad because
1: he he is he is also like not right in the head so we can't that's what it always makes Joker an unreliable narrator and, and keeps him such a wild card because uh, cause he's also supposed to be the, the leader of the Red Hood gang, too, right? So he he's... Whatever the acid did to him, it also really messed him up here.
0: Yeah, I think... I, I'm not so fond of even just the concept of doing... Well, not even the concept of doing the story, but the concept of doing this where Joker here... You know, it skips six months later, and he's putting on like uh, makeup to look like he's Mm -hmm. got normal skin, right? And that's like
1: like Jack Nicholson did in
0: uh, uh, the Burton Batman. Yeah, and I don't mind him doing that Mm -hmm. uh, for for whatever reason, but to sort of like tie it into this origin where he's like not really full on Joker yet, I feel like by the time all that stuff happens, I'm like, I feel like Joker's kind of like an early Batman villain, and it feels like this is too much time (laughs) building up. Yeah. To him. But maybe that's just my I don't know.
1: my preference cuz yeah cuz yeah, I feel like him trying to to hide, you know, who he is and he hasn't embraced the Joker yet so far after the acid it I don't know. Just the timeline seems off cuz to me as as soon as he comes out of that acid, right? He is now the Joker.
0: Yeah, it, know, he, I think one of my big things is that this whole story feels kind of retconny to fit it in and part of that is that it directly says in references that it takes place right after zero year and <sighs> like i didn't like zero year either for me that was where scott snyder's run nose dived and i did yep. not like the retconning end of him having this big grand saga with riddler before like joker should be his first super villain you know like like after Ooh. the the crime bosses and the mobsters, the first real supervillain he should have is Joker. And I don't like that Riddler came first. And you know, it, it kind of felt like when I re- I remember reading Year Zero and just feeling like, okay, you're not doing Year One, but you're kind of like dancing around it, and you're mm-hmm. you're sort of over kind of compli- complicating and convoluting it. And I, yeah, I was not
1: I, I don't like the idea. Like I'm fine with Riddler popping up because he's not quite Riddler yet, right? He's He's just a, a, you know, a a different kind or a different version of Riddler. But it's the whole idea that he shuts down the city and Batman is doing Batman things before year one. And right. Because that's the timeline of it, right? Zero year and then year
0: one. I mean, I don't remember, but given that it's called zero year, I expect it's intended to be before most of year one.
1: So it's just to me, they just they don't work that well. Like, I could see that the, where Snyder was taking, you know, lead from year one, but it was meant to, you know, be a, a new version of year one. You know, this is where the, the new 52 Batman origin went. So the idea that Zdarsky is trying to wedge them both together and have his cake and eat it too, it just doesn't work.
0: Yeah, and like year one is so good that zero mm-hmm. year just rubbed me the wrong way almost like yeah. completely, constantly throughout the whole thing. Uh, so that's directly referencing it and Zardsky sort of taking that as like the canon that he wants to kind of like build on. Cause I'd kind of just forgotten a busy old year yeah, and me it too. just, you know, like, okay, it just fades into the darkness and technically I suppose it happened in continuity, but comic books are very selective where you just kind of like forget mm-hmm. the things you don't like and keep the things you do well, like.
1: There, there's a reason why we associate with like Batman's timeline, right? Is that it goes, you know, uh, you know, Bruce comes back, does uh year one and then we jump right into the Long Halloween, right? And those aren't exactly canon, but there's versions <clears> of those <throat> stories that we get and they make a good one-two punch for early
0: Batman. Yeah, I mean, a lot more villains are established in Long Halloween that weren't in mm-hmm. year one, so there has to be some yep. you know, time between them. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I definitely usually think of Long Halloween as being that, because you know, that's the story of Dent becoming Two-Face and I think yep. of that as a relatively early Batman lineage yeah, thing.
1: Yeah, because they're using the whole, the you know, the triad of Batman, Gordon, and Dent attacking, you know, with the, the going-ons of the city, as you know. So,
0: I mean, uh, if anything, I would say, if you want an interesting, because I, I remember Batman the Mad Monk and Batman and the Monster mm-hmm. Men were set right after Year One. That was an kind of intentional mm-hmm. thing with those. If you want to do something to fill in there, I would say, look at Long Halloween. Mm-hmm. All the villains that are in that, that weren't in Year One, hey, they're all primed for like a, yeah. a new version of like their first encounter with Batman set between year one and Long Halloween. Mm-hmm. That'd be more interesting to me. Give me... Because I think Grundy's in there, Poison Ivy's in there, Catwoman's in there. There's a mm-hmm. lot of potential for, for some of those stories.
1: Yeah. So... so And then, so when we get back to this, and... Ugh, so Darcy's bringing up Zero Year, making us remember that, but there's... There's other storylines that he drops in if I'm remembering, because again I'm trying to do this from memory. Uh, so, but I feel like there's other timelines that that he's playing with as well, and I'm just like, this is too much.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and again, the art in the Sorrentino pages is guarded. There's mm-hmm. a, uh, like uh, he's he's on like a sort of like cross apparatus, and he's all like skinny, like up against yeah. the wall, or at least the the fake Joker is. And there's a note saying, "I'll see you soon," and I think you get a glimpse of Barbara's uh, commissioner standing yeah. behind Batman. Which, which I the... did.
1: I did zoom in, and I was like, "Does it say Grayson or does it say Gordon?" Because it's just on the uh... G,
0: and it, it says Gordon. So you know, hey, she might just they... keep her name. Maybe, maybe that's the thing people do it. Uh, yeah, I... which does beg the question: if Barbara's like commissioner and she's like middle-aged, and what the hell age is Batman at this point? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and I feel like you are talking about his voice at the beginning too. I feel like he's really trying to ape the goddamn Batman. Mm. You know? And I just I hate that version. I hate that. Like it works in The Dark Knight Returns just because of the type of character Bruce has become, but anytime otherwise it just it feels too try hard. So um so so yeah, I mean, is this supposed to be like right like is this right before like Dark Knight Returns kind of era, Bruce. You know,
0: um, I don't know. Yeah, uh, Joker gets into a fight at a bar uh, with some thugs because uh, he cracks a joke. They don't like it. They beat him up, but then he starts just freaking out with a glass bottle and basically uh-huh. killing them. And then one of the, one of the guys in the bar recognizes him and says, "But oh, boss!" So clearly, one of the Red Hood gang, presumably. Mm-hmm. Um, his makeups kind of coming off, so he's got like sort of white streaks coming yeah. through uh
1: also, also weirdly because now you're reminding me of this is the, the way that joker takes a beating here to me is one of one of the everlasting uh, i gotta run this it's one of those things that i love seeing in in batman stories where batman can just beat the ever loving piss out of joker and he just keeps getting up and it kind of i'm like you know, to bring it to wrestling, it's kind of like Darby Allen, right? Where where Joker just wants him to keep like hurting him. Right. And so I I like that Zadarsky put that in here, right? That it shows that Joker can just take a beating and get back up and do what he needs to. Um and then it also made me wonder like, what does a heel Darby Allen look like? You know? Mm. Uh, things I should not be thinking of reading a Batman comic, but here we are.
0: Yeah, the his old Red Hood gang mm. want to kill him because they think they should. They mention that. Batman stops some uh, a gang from a, a robbery, so it's a bit of a car yep. chase kind of thing. Uh, Batman meets with Gordon up on a roof. They talk mm. about the fact that this you know, leader of the Red Hood gang it might be back even though he should have been dead from that fall in the acid. You know, I don't really have much uh, to say about any of that, really. Uh, mm. so. There's
1: there's something going on with all the different gangs, right? That they're switching masks. Mm. So that they're trying to make them think that there's multiple gangs out here doing things. Uh, Which, again, I feel like Sadarski's focused on one thing. you are trying to be too clever.
0: Yeah. Um, I think perhaps the more interesting thing here uh, overall is that Joker has narration, but it's kind of mm-hmm. like... The real person that he was before is narrating from inside the Joker. So mm-hmm. it's like he's recognising it's like he's watching himself go insane and he's saying things like, Oh, please no, um, and, and things like that. It, it feels like he's narrating as a third party. And it's a little bit weirdly, like, I, I kinda like on the one hand I artistically get the point of it, and I'm like, I can kinda see the the merit in writing a character who's insane like that and sort mm-hmm. of showing this weird perspective of the same person that he was watching it happen. That's kind of interesting, I don't yeah. know if I want to sympathize with the person that the joker was before he became joker, though, so yeah. that's a little I'm a little mixed on that I, I appreciate the the, the big tent. swing it's a, yeah. it's, a, it's a big swing and I, I, yeah, th- you know well,
1: I just like and again not to not to keep comparing this to other things, but like that that King and Garrett story that we just got, right, and mm-hmm. like Joker's just kind of a force of nature there he's almost not human. Um, and just the way that they present him. So for Zadarsky to go here and to remind us that there is a human under there, it's, it's kind of weird, you know, because I don't... I, I just think also the idea of giving us like a definitive Joker origin, even though this is, you know, year one or whatever, and it's not quite definitive, I don't, I don't ever like that. I like keeping the Joker into some kind of mystery.
0: Yeah, I think... Yeah, over overexpl- I guess the idea is is that by the end of the the main part of the story, mm-hmm. as in the, the the year one timeline, is that that, that mm-hmm. narration voice is going to die or go away. Right. Like eventually, that's going to completely fade, and it'll just be Joker that's left. Mm-hmm. But again, yeah, I don't know if I necessarily like the idea of even telling an origin story like that yeah. from that perspective. Right. Uh, but uh, so I don't remember this character, but I'm assuming this character was in the night. This guy that says he trained Batman. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. He's he's the was the memory guy that wanted to you know uh it's a, well not necessarily memory he was the one that that bruce went to to learn how to train his brain
0: yeah uh and he offers to train joker to harness his mind and to never fear again and says that his credentials is that he trained batman and it's worth mentioning that before this joker saw batman sort of gliding over like the sky yep. and kind of like looked at him in awe and so he's having mixed feelings about who batman yeah. is because right now yeah. batman's the guy who's kind of responsible for him falling into the vat of acid yeah uh so and we all know that you know once he's full on joker it's going to be more yeah. of a like the idea is he's going to be more enamored with him he's going to kind right. of be in love with him almost um because
1: yeah, a- cause here it's almost like he's cowering like you know when a bird's swooping on you and you kind of go like this you know, it's not quite fear, but it it is hesitancy. Yeah. So, you know, for him to to go from that place to like embracing Batman, you know, uh, you know that, that also there's ideas. This is what drives me nuts with the Darcy. There's ideas here that I can get behind. I just, the execution is always where it fails.
0: Yeah. Also, I forgot this. The the inner voice may already be dead because after he sees mm-hmm. Batman, there's a scene here where Joker. It's like he's strangling the human version of himself mm-hmm. in the river. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he might actually have already killed the inner voice there, because uh, it doesn't appear after that point. But at the same right. time, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes back. But that does seem like yeah. a pretty definitive moment. So fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that's that's the end of the year one part. But there's still another bit in the future. Again, gorgeous Sorrentino art. Cannot fault yes. it enough. But this demented looking Joker fellow in this art towards the end is absolutely horrifying in the best possible way. But basically, um, you know, he, Batman's looking for, for stuff in the sewers. He mentioned that somewhere in the city, Duke's infected. So, so Duke's mentioned here, uh-huh. um, which
1: and, if you remember Duke's origin, his, you know, his parents got Jokerized.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So there's, there's a tie there too.
0: But plus it's also a tie to year, a zero year, right? Cause like,
1: That's right. Is that where that's where it happened, right? I don't know if
0: either it happened in zero year or if it didn't. It made me. It felt connected to me because it was Snyder's. You know, Snyder did introduce Duke as well for sure. Uh, And then the final page is Batman comes up into the city and it is filled with people who have been Jokerized, which. It's a really terrific image, although after mm-hmm. the end of that last issue of Action Comics, uh, I laughed a little bit, because it's basically okay. the same ending as that issue, where mm-hmm. everyone's a bizarro, and Gotham, everyone's a Joker.
1: <sighs> yeah, well, and they they call it the Joker virus, too, so I'm hoping that's not what this is. You know, I'm hoping we don't have a, a thing that's spreading, you know, because Joker toxin's one thing, but a Joker virus is, you know... I, I don't like I that. mean,
0: it looks like a Joker zombie apocalypse, this image. Yeah. So I, I yeah. think virus is what they're going for here.
1: Yeah. Ugh.
0: So, yeah, the, the madness has spread. Uh, like, on its own, I don't necessarily hate the idea. as like a sort of possible dark future where Joker's evil just spreads to everyone and it's like a zombie movie, but they're all Jokers. I can actually kind of see the horror movie, especially with this art, with this Sorrentino art, mm-hmm. I can totally see that. It's just that I was just making fun of Action for doing that everyone becomes a Bizarro. Just a few months, we had everyone becomes a parasite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it's it's just really funny to me that this has been such a trend recently. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, overall, like, I just... The entire concept of doing this story feels ill-advised. Uh, I don't necessarily want to delve into the Joker's origin that much. Uh, like... <sighs> even though some of the storytelling techniques that are used here are perfectly solid. Like, mm-hmm. like I say, I like the, in a vacuum removed from the Joker. I kind of like the inner monologue. That's not the person in control. It's the sanity version that's fading yeah. away. That's somewhat interesting,
1: but yeah, yeah. Like if it gets quieter, like the bubbles get smaller mm, as the story goes, that could be, you know, that, that's a nice piece of the story.
0: Yeah. But, but, uh, like a lot of Zarsky's run, it's left me feeling very kind of lukewarm and, like, mixed on a lot of the choices yeah. that have been made. Uh, connecting it to Zero Year, which is a story I did not enjoy, is not filling me with any great... I mean, is the idea here that all this Joker stuff is taking place during Batman Year One now? That's
1: what it feels like. Mm. I mean, he's he's wearing the Zero Year costume, though, with the purple gloves, and, you know, that's uh, based off of Detective 27, uh so he's not quite the year one suit yet so
0: yeah but that's the other thing though it it doesn't line up with year one at all anyway because gordon and batman hadn't interacted in the start of year one so whereas here they've already interacted so uh yeah yeah it doesn't work (sighs) (laughs) so if someone wants to explain to me the convoluted timeline of how zero year and year one intersect or work together by all means uh give me a whirl But
1: I am willing to bet that by the end of this is there's so Darcy's going to use the whole red mask Joker rising type thing to, to try to do both, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, I just uh, I like the night so much and I liked early parts of his run and I just the more the run goes, the the less stoked I am,
0: you know? I, I think it's. I think it just simply comes down to I don't like his interpretation of these characters, particularly mm-hmm. Batman, but even Joker as well here. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, of all the things to take from recent years, t- is to take the three Joker idea and run with that. Maybe, <sighs> I mean, maybe Editorial wanted someone to do something with it because they felt it was left angling because, you know, nothing mm-hmm. ever really came of it. So maybe they're like, yeah. hey, Zarsky, do you want to tackle the fact that there's three Jokers? And maybe that's why he's doing it. But regardless it's something that i'd rather just forgot about to be honest yeah so yeah
1: at least he's taking big swings though you know like at least i feel like we'll remember this run i don't feel like it's gonna get forgotten about you know
0: yeah i suppose that's true uh all right, well, you, I mean, we've mentioned a lot about the Sorrentino art and how moody and how atmospheric it is because of all the dark they, shadows. And yeah, but uh, any thoughts on the other art in the picture?
1: Cami Coli, it's it's fine. I think it fits that kind of early vibe because it's not quite like the the DC House style, um, and it's not as stylistic as some of the other art that we've gotten throughout. And you know, we've seen Cami Coli before in and other I, I want to say in other Bat books. So, you know, everything looks kind of—Gotham looks as it should. Um, you know, that scene where Joker takes a beating in the bar, I felt that the art was really effective there in the breakdowns. Uh, and then him looking at himself in the, the reflection, too. I thought that that looked really well uh, drawn uh, and paced. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. they are solid enough, but obviously it kind of pales when you compare it to the Sorrentino stuff. Yeah. Uh, just as it is, but it does effectively give that future a very different vibe, which is mm-hmm. which is nice.
1: Kind of uh, weak you up.
0: Yeah, I like I I want to like Zarski's run, I really do. But I'm at the point now where he's just consistently proven that it's it's not really working for me. And then just the concept of doing Joker Year One, just uh like you know, it was an uphill battle for this book to win me over. Right? I wanted to be won yeah. over, but it was an uphill battle. Uh, and I'm left as, you know, mixed as I expected to be, ultimately. So, what are you rating Batman, Matt? Ah,
1: uh, a five. Perfectly in the middle.
0: <laughs> yeah, I suppose I'll agree with that. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I can't feel like I, can, I can't go lower despite the story being a mess. You know, because I almost feel like that's going to be the point, you know, because it's the Joker. At least that's what I'm hoping I I could at the end of these three weeks. I could be like, nope, it's just a mess. There's no point to it. But, you know, that might looking back would affect it. I'd probably drop the score a little bit. But yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I think five. Makes sense to me. It's it's. It feels maybe a little harsh in some ways, but not harsh enough in others. So yeah, I'll, I'll,
1: that's why I said it's right in the middle.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. All right, Birds of Prey issue six, Legacy two hundred four by my count. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, Kelly Thompson writing with Leonardo Romero back on the art, which is very nice to see. It's the mm-hmm. end of the first arc here. Uh, the first half of the book is very much kind of dealing with this uh, this threat. This uh, was it, Magira. Med- yep, yep. Uh, and it kind of boils down to this MacGuffin uh, that uh, Meridian aka Maps gave yep. to the birds and they grab Dinah and Dinah's like what the hell are you doing? because they're like why, why are you killing Sin? because she's now like you know bonded with uh, Meridian Megara. or Megara yeah sorry uh, Mer- Meridian and Megara it's really annoying that those yeah. two words are so similar cause yeah. uh, even as I was reading this I was swapping them in my head gotcha. anyway uh so they're like, hey, we've got this magical urn right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're gonna open it, it's gonna suck in uh Meg. M- Just call her Meg. Meg? Yeah. Megara? Yeah, okay. Yeah. We're gonna suck in Megara, uh, and like we don't really know what it'll do to Sin because she's bonded with her, but mm-hmm. it's maybe maybe it'll weaken her enough that Sin can kind of push her away. So it's the best choice we really have. So, we get a lot of big fancy art here from uh, Romero with all the beams mm-hmm. of light coming out of the yarn and the swirling veins of, of Megara kind of swooshing into it. Uh, and there's a really nice moment actually where, uh, you know, it's a big two page spread. Uh, we see them all holding it. But one of the fun moments is uh, Diana jumps in. That's uh, not Diana, sorry. Diana, Wonder Woman okay. jumps in. Mm-hmm. Uh, to help her hold the urn because it's becoming too strong. She, she jumps in to help Barda uh, grab hold of it. Um, and it's basically like, hey, because Megara's been sucked into this urn, her influence and control over all the Amazons has all fallen down. So they're all coming back too. So Diana jumps in to help out, uh, which is a really nice moment because it's her and Barda and it feels like, you know, too...
1: It, it's a massive team up, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's bad yeah, it's two
0: badasses. Yeah, it's two big badasses uh, teaming up. So... Uh, good fist pump moment mm. big two page layout with all the vines sort of separating it and all the characters kind of trying to hold on to the iron and, and whatnot uh, but the result is though is that as they're being sucked in and Megara's like hey if I go in there you go in there with me you're going to be trapped until someone lets us out like Rita Repulsa that was the first thing yep. I thought of so <laughs> after 10,000 years I'm free so Sin and yeah. Megara actually make a deal Uh, where because uh. Sin's got the, the lasso, right? And she's got it mm-hmm. wrapped around Megara. What, whatever she says is is honest. So they make a deal that Sin will remain in control and Megara just gets to be in there too. So they've kind of set up a. Who, who compares to? I, I want to say a raven, but maybe not quite raven. But certainly yeah. this idea of that it's Sin, but she's got this sort of demonic force in her that she can call, sort of call mm-hmm. upon as an ally. Uh, that is,
1: and that's that's all Meg Megara wanted too, right? Was to to free, to be free of the mascara, right? She just went about it kind of the wrong way.
0: I mean, I'm um, sure she wanted to be in control initially, but she's realizing that her choices are a bit more limited now. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, but so like, so at the end of the day, like she does make this deal because it it's it suits her as well. Yeah, and I, and I like that it it comes down for as much as I love the action and and stuff in this. I like that it comes down to a conversation.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I like that a lot, too. Uh, and everyone's all hugs at the end. Uh, Diana kind of gets up in, in Sin's face. Uh, I mean, not, not Sin, really. It's more uh, Magira. But yeah. she like gets to hold the lasso and says, hey, do you intend to honor this deal and you know not like do any harm? And she's like, no, actually, the Sin and I have agreed that we'll protect the world and not destroy it. And she's like, mm-hmm. fine, but if you ever go, go back on this, it'll be me that's hunting you. So it's just a little sort of like, hey, mm-hmm. maybe she'll stay in line as well because Wonder Woman just threatened her. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, also good little beat there uh, in the boom tube back to Gotham, uh, where they all agree to have a drink. And then the back like, third of the issue sets up next issue or the next arc, I should say. The
1: next, yeah. 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 I- I almost feel like this these first six issues, I know it's it's six but it almost felt like this was like the prologue to the book that Thompson wanted to do.
0: Yeah, you I will know? say what it sets up here is super exciting. Because uh-huh. basically, you know, Bab shows up, Batgirl shows up and is like say hey, I'm oh I came to see Sen, I'm happy she's back, but I'm 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 a little miffed. Why wasn't I asked to come and help on this? Mm-hmm. What is with that? And if you remember everyone uh, from back at the start of the, the book, mm-hmm. uh she was told not to by maps like uh, Meridian <laughs> from the future said, you can't bring Barbara Gordon no matter what. And uh, we don't know. We didn't know why yet. Right. So, and, and Dinah
1: always, you know, we saw her struggling with this and it seemed like she was just struggling because that's her friend. That's her teammate. And she felt like she was going behind her back, but there's something much deeper, uh, that gets revealed.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, well, as far as Dinah was aware, that was, that's all it was. Dinah didn't mm-hmm. know why, uh, you know, she she mm-hmm. uh, only knew that she was told not to mm-hmm. uh, but once Babs leaves the scene, Dinah's like, okay, come out now, you've got to explain to do so Maps, mm-hmm. you know, jumps out, she was listening to the conversation and she's like, alright, you need to tell me why I couldn't take Babs on that mission and she reveals that this wasn't the first time they tried this mission, she's been time travelling over and over again and this was actually the 11th or 12th attempt mm-hmm. to save Sin And the reason why they couldn't take Babs is because Babs died every single time they did this. In every attempt, Babs went with them, and Babs always died. Sometimes others died too. And Sin as well. And Sin too, yeah. So the mission always failed, but Babs always died as well. Mm -hmm. And sometimes some of the others died. And it was actually Dinah in this previous timeline who said Mm -hmm. to Maps, whatever happens on the next run you can't, like, don't let us take Barbara. Like, we can't Mm -hmm. do this. And then it becomes even more interesting because Maps and her talk about how this wasn't just, like, a coincidence, like, Destiny kept killing Barbara. No, no. Mm -hmm. Someone from the future is trying to kill a Barbara Gordon in the present. And that's what the plot is for the next arc. And I think what I loved about this is that Map even explains, like, you're not meant to mess with time. You're not meant to go back Mm -hmm. and try and alter things. The only reason why she's doing it and she's effectively acting like a time cop because someone yep. else from the future is trying to alter history and she's here to stop it. And I'm like, Kelly Thompson, you crazy bitch, you're speaking to me on so yep. many levels right I, now. So I read this today and, and when I got to that
1: part, I went, oh my God, Pete's getting Birds of Prey, Prey plus Terminator. The, you know?
0: Birds of Prey, Terminator, Time Cop. Yep. Uh, and here's the thing, like, I have enjoyed this first arc. It was a great little intro. Mm-hmm. It was nice having the, the team bounce off of each other. But, you know, Sin, like, I, I appreciate that I care about her because Dinah cares about her, right? Right. But I care about Barbara but Gordon. Babs. So Babs if she a
1: whole different thing.
0: If she's the one in trouble, all of a sudden the stakes feel way higher mm-hmm. for this ne- next arc. Yeah. Um, so there's that great page where uh, Dinah, like, you know, uses this device uh, that, that Maps gives her, yep. and it shows her basically all the images of, of Babs dying. Yeah, around the page Uh, really good stuff and really sets up these stakes uh, for what's coming next and uh, yeah so Uh,
1: I also love because one of the big things that when this book got announced and Barbara wasn't in it people kept going at Kelly Thompson and he was like would you guys just please read the first arc please (laughs) and you know I was always fine because I I trust Kelly Thompson Um, and you know yeah you know is it Birds of Prey without Oracle or Barbara Gordon? You know that's that's a question that gets asked, um, and so here to to bake this in that there's someone from the future trying to kill Barbara Gordon, uh, and now it, it ties her back into Birds of Prey, even if she's not in the book, right? It, this next, at least this next arc is very central to her,
0: you know. Yeah, no, I mean this instantly makes her like the the central figure that everything's revolving around. Yep and the stakes that people are trying to you know save mm-hmm. so i suspect she will be in the next start somewhat yeah. even if she's not on the team actively investigating mm-hmm. the thing um i also think that you know it really sells it like i, I think that, you know thompson and co know that the audience care about barbara yep. so the moment after maps gives this speech which she even points out i've given this speech a bunch of times because every time i go back in time again uh-huh. i have to explain this to you uh Dinah is sitting there, just says, "No one's killing Barbara Gordon on RF and watch, you know, like the censor, obviously, because it's a yeah. DC comic, but uh it's a really good moment." And I think just to top all this off, the 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 little icing on the cake, the chef's kiss of the whole thing, is the mm-hmm. final page when Maps leaves, Cassandra kane walks out, and it's like just like before, it's like, "Oh, you were listening to everything, like, yeah." Uh, mm-hmm. And interestingly, dinah refers to Batman as her father. Like, I assume she meant Batman when she said you were your daughter's father.
1: Well, well I mean, Kane is her dad, right? And he's
0: kind of a, an assassin type too. He's an assassin, but uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I I took invading others' privacy by listening to the conversation yeah. felt like a Batman dig to me. But maybe maybe she is referencing it Kane. Could,
1: it could be. I took it as either. It didn't matter. I mean.
0: I mean, the, I just, the the robins all called Bruce dad at this yes. point, so why not the Batgirls?
1: Well, I just I never think of of Cassandra and Bruce's relationship being father daughter. You know, it's just one of those What, fun uncle. <laughs> no, I just feel like it's it's teacher student type deal. Mm, you know, okay, yeah, but um, but I mean, it still works here because it is you know Dinah, you know I forget you know because. Uh, Cassandra says, "I didn't mean to spy," and Dinah's just like, "Yeah, but you're your father's daughter. You can't help it."
0: I mean, that totally works for Batman as well. Mm-hmm. You, you can't it tell does. me it doesn't. Uh, so, yeah, Cass is like, "Hey, I love Barbara Gordon. She's like my sister. Uh, like, mm-hmm. I you're not you're not leaving me out of this mission to protect her." And so it sets up that the two continuing members into the next arc is going to be Dinah and Cass, and they're going to mm-hmm. find new team members to save Barbara. So, well, it's been fun with everyone else. Honestly, if I was to pick two characters from this original team to yep. keep, it would be Dana and Cass. So And we we still get a bat girl and a canary, right? For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So Beautiful. that's there. But yeah, uh I will miss Barda and Cassandra because uh, that that, you know, her calling her a little bat was was a lot of fun. Oh,
0: sure. Um, uh Yeah, I like <laughs> I wonder who will be on the team. I mean, I think the obvious one to guess would be Steph, because she's the other Batgirl and obviously cares about Babs. But mm-hmm. I do wonder if they don't want to just have another Batgirl. I could see yeah. the logic by not doing that as well.
1: Yeah. I, I'm wondering if, if if Dinah will go to, you know, like a Titans character. Like, obviously not Dick, but mm. maybe someone... Someone that she's been interacting with in the in the oh,
0: yeah uh, Donna or in that run
1: yeah I'll Starfire Starfire did the heavy
0: hitter I suppose yeah
1: yeah you know so just the idea of a rotating cast throughout this book too which means like in a you know let's say this goes another couple arcs because uh, nothing's ever certain anymore with comics right uh, and we can get Barda returning you know uh, you it, know it, working been, I mean.
0: This is not a great metric to go on by any means, but it has been doing well yeah. on the rankings on Comicsology, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, is that enough to, to keep it going for a long ongoing? I mean, yeah. I hope so. But, I Me mean, too. obviously, so many books only get to about 18 issues these days mm-hmm. before they, they, they call it. But, yeah. No, uh, I like this a lot. Like, I I enjoyed the ending to the first arc, but it does kind of feel like, oh, the first arc was a fun kind of, like, get the team together, get Mm -hmm. used to the banter between the characters, but, yeah, that second arc that they've set up here is, like, so my jam. It's my jam because of the concept, but it's Mm -hmm. also more exciting because the person they're trying to protect and save is someone that we actually all really give a shit about, like, I'm sure there's some Sin fans out there. I'm sure you exist. Yeah. But let's face it, there's a lot more Barbara Garden fans. Does it
1: doesn't move the needle, if yeah. you
0: will.
1: Um, uh, yeah, uh, The the first half of this, I was like, okay, this is this is fine. This is a competent way to end it. But once we got to this like little epilogue with with meridian slash maps and all that stuff revealed, it really kicked it back in. Yeah. You know, and I'm fully. Not that I wasn't invested, but I'm even more invested now because, like you said, yeah, I, I care about Barbara Gordon. To,
0: to be you fair, know? you know, I did love you know uh, Wonder Woman coming in to help Barda. Mm-hmm. I love the deal that Sin makes with uh, Meridian because it feels like that's setting up an interesting new status quo where whenever Sin shows up again, it's like, hey, she's got this like demonic force also in her, helping mm-hmm. her as like a sort of buddy almost. Yeah, that that those that's an interesting thing to set up and gives Sin kind of a, you, a gimmick for herself.
1: Yeah, you said kind of like um, you. You said kind of like Raven, but it's actually kind of closer to like Venom, right? Oh yeah, okay,
0: Venom's not a bad comparison, yeah.
1: You know, I just had a thought because of that that reveal when when she goes to talk to Diana and she kind of has the the Megara vines coming off of her, almost creating like a costume. And I was like, oh, it's kind of Venom-esque.
0: Okay, Um, I can see the Venom, especially the interpretations where it's like the movie and it's more of a friendly kind of thing. The Lethal
1: (laughs) Protector era
0: of, of Venom. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Really, really liked everything that's set up and enjoyed a good bit of the first half as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But this new arc does sound fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as the art, of course, Romero. Uh, we've played, praised a lot on, on the issues that he's done. Yep. Um, obviously, it's very consistent with that. I think. You know, I, I enjoy the creativity of all the stuff with Madeira. Uh, sometimes I get a little bit tired of just lots and lots of wavy stuff, though. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's always a risk of that. There wasn't too much of it in this issue, but just in general, it's kind of something yeah, that I'm, but, I'm, I'm wary of.
1: But, you know, what, what Romero does that's smart, too, is you can follow the action, like, even with the waviness. And you never get lost on the page. You know, uh, you're, you're never, you know exactly what you're looking at and what order to read. So that's also the letterer and stuff too, but um, this, this compositions, like I'm looking at the, the double page where they put uh, Magira into the urn. Yeah. And like, this is a very busy page, but I know exactly what's going on in the story. Yeah. Just it, from a glance.
0: It's creating the feeling of like, like everything's like happening. Like was mm-hmm. chaos is like, everything's whooshing into the urn. So the page is designed to give you yep. the sense of all this motion and all this craziness. And it works. Um, but mm-hmm. in a weird way, the more somber, quiet stuff on the rooftop in the last like five or six yep. pages, I ended up liking even more because it was a bit more just like we have to just like sell the emotion and the impact of what what ba- or what Diane oh sorry what Dane is hearing about Babs. yeah and I think the, the sort of spotlight effect that's created from like the the hologram stuff that she's been showing was like almost like a spotlight yep. on them um I think that stuff's really cool uh so yeah no ours very good uh like it a lot so yeah yeah alright Matt Were you giving Birds of Prey issue 6 I'm going to this a I'll go with the 8.5 yeah I, I think I'm just going to go with a straight 8 because it is a no, bit yeah. 50-50 as is, is is an mm-hmm. issue but yeah um,
1: yeah I struggled with the 9 or the 8.5 because I really enjoyed this back half so I had to dial it back a little so you know I get it
0: yeah Yeah, I mean, it's very good, though. Like, it's definitely one of the books I I look forward to the most uh, right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And another book I look forward to every month right now, Shazam, issue eight, Mark Wade writing with Goran Suzuka on the art. Close enough. Sometimes you just got to say it as quickly as possible, and no one will question a thing.
1: As my father-in-law always says, close enough for government work.
0: Close enough and... uh, quick enough and go with confidence as long as you sound confident no one will question it
1: if that's the American way <laughs>
0: <laughs> so in uh, the last issue Shazam and Black Adam fought through the house and completely destroyed it which is particularly upsetting because the foster parents were going to sell this house to help fund yeah. a much bigger nicer house and now they literally have no house because of this fight so that's where we start off and Billy's pissed about it. Shazam tells Black Adam, like, what, well, this is my family's home. Now we're homeless, you you mm. dick. Um, and Black Adam seems almost a little bit sorry about Like, he doesn't, you he doesn't see it. There's no. just a little look in his face, and he's like, wait, this shack was your it, house? <laughs> your domicile? Yes, yes. Uh, uh, and then
1: just the art here, too. the The side eye. Where where Black Adam looks and then comes back on the page uh, and tells him that his and of his concern,
0: uh, a plus storytelling. Yeah, it's basically you can tell Black Adam feels a little bad, but he doesn't yeah. want to admit it, so he just uh-huh. flies off. He just get, he makes a reason to be angry and flies off. Yep. Uh, and then the dinosaurs are very upset because they want justice uh, for for okay. what Black Adam has, has threatened them with. And... No one
1: cares about your paperwork <laughs> right now. Uh, Honestly, the, dinosaur.
0: the shock on the dinosaur's face as Billy yep. yells, "No one cares about your stupid paperwork!" Yep. is is priceless. Not just
1: shock, too. He's got like a sad face going, uh. like he's like hurt that Billy would say this.
0: Yeah. yeah, there's a little detail here I liked where the uh, the accountant, right? or oh, the auditor, mm-hmm. sorry. The uh, dinosaur yeah. that's working for them now in the uh, Rock of Eternity. Yeah. Uh, he like, goes through the portal, which is meant to go to Billy's closet. But because mm-hmm. the house isn't there anymore, it's just like a yeah. rectangle in the sky. And he sticks mm-hmm. his head out and sees everything going on. He's like, oh, no, yeah. I've got to get go back in here. Yeah. I thought that was quite funny. Mm hmm. Uh, and I think it's it's effective how much of a stupid concept it is, but how much Wade's able to just get across in one line of dialogue, and we understand. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a portal in his closet. That's that's all yeah. this is. But the closet's not mm-hmm. there anymore. So this is. No. It, it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. As much as something this silly can make sense, it makes sense completely. So. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So the auditor basically is like, "Hey, I can just go. Like, this is not. You know." Mm-hmm my like wanting to be here is not worth the misery and all the misfortune that's going to be caused by these dinosaurs and uh, the dinosaurs mm-hmm. gave them like an hour before they like set off a bunch yeah. of explosives all over the planet.
1: He's going to bury the world in paperwork as a bureaucracy would do. Yeah. They'll actually
0: drop leaflets later on. Yeah. They're like drop the pamphlets. And it's just yeah. people are like, is it snowing? No, it's, it's paper. Oh so, no. Paperwork. I haven't watched much doctor who, but I feel like this is
1: very doctor who vibes. You know I could yeah,
0: I could see the sense of humor being in some Doctor Who
1: or if not Doctor Who definitely Hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy, just the whole idea of these space dinosaurs being really into bureaucracy and dropping the you know the leaflets and then their bombs are gonna you know bury the world in paperwork um mm. I just it's very odd, but there's a whimsy to it at the same time,
0: I could see it uh. You know, I, sadly, a lot of my Doctor Who memory is sullied by the fact that uh, Stephen Moffat, who was showrunning it after mm-hmm. season four of the new-ish mm-hmm. era, well, it doesn't even feel new anymore because that was 2005 mm-hmm. that started, but yeah. when he took over in like what, 2010-ish with Matt Smith, uh, the writing kind of started to, Dipped. you know, it like, everything was like this big grand mystery that everything was going to connect to. And it was all convoluted and like, ju- just like his yeah. Sherlock became this convoluted mess yeah. of connections and reveals and God, that final season of Sherlock was trash.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, that early Sherlock was so good though.
0: You know, it had its strengths, mm. but I think you can kind of like see the cracks. You could like, you could yeah. almost predict where the faults were going to come as it went on. Mm-hmm. But True. Um. Um,
1: but yeah, so these, these space dinosaurs definitely have that kind of whimsy that I, I associate with Doctor Who from the stuff that I've seen. So, you know, him him appearing in the portal out of the sky as well also drove that home, you know?
0: Yeah, and so, I, I think I love how Wade handles the character of Shazam and Billy because mm-hmm. he goes to tell the family what he's done and he's like, okay, I'm doing this in Shazam form because I... Mm-hmm. Need the I the 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 uh the strength, the courage. Mm-hmm. I need the courage, uh, to to get through this. Like, and he tries to tell them, and Darla's like yelling at him. This is the first time Darla's ever been angry about anything in her life. She's mm-hmm. yelling at him, and the foster dad steps in and says, "I want to talk to Billy." And I loved it, it was just a little narration box going, "Oh, oh no, oh god!" Yeah. <laughs> like it's like I don't want to have to face this as Billy, and sure enough. You know, it, it gets a little serious because it's like, hey, it's not yeah. just that we don't have a home; it's that a condition for us being foster parents is that we have a home for the kids. Like, they will take you away from us, and uh, all of a sudden, everyone's like scared shitless. And Billy's like, "Oh no, yeah. I've, I've, I've ruined way more than just a house. This is terrible."
1: I bulldoze the family, are his uh, words.
0: Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so we get the dinosaurs dropping uh, leaflets in mm-hmm. all the major cities of the world. Uh, basically just saying, have you seen this auditor? <laughs> Which, I can only <sighs> imagine, I almost wish we got, like, the reaction of some civilians looking at this, like, I we see uh, some... What? Uh, like, yeah. uh, just, just, like... Is that a dinosaur? Is this a hmm. joke? Who's dropping Is all these things? Is he wearing secrets? a monocle? Is this some yeah. sort of advertising campaign for some new Netflix uh-huh. show? Like, what's happening? Uh, so... Actually, I just want to read the exact leaflet here. Have you seen yep. this auditor? Attention, Earthlings! Surrender him within one quarter... Ungarx, which an Ungarx is about an hour-ish.
1: Yeah, it's about 57.03 yeah.
0: minutes. Uh, or we will yeah. bomb your world. And then, uh, little asterisks with mountains uh-huh. of paper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I almost want to see what an explosion of paper looks like. But... <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Well, I mean, I guess it would look like this, uh, like the leaflets being dropped,
0: you know? Oh, no, I'm imagining like a mushroom cloud, but just like lots uh-huh. of sheets of paper oh, and making my it up. goodness. Like, does Ugh. anyone actually die inside it, or is it just yeah. everyone's just really annoyed and a lot of yeah. paper cuts?
1: Yeah, I am saying it's a lot of paper cuts.
0: <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. So Shazam's plan is to have Darla go up and talk to the dinosaur. She is not really excited about it, but she goes reluctantly, and basically the plan is just to, for her to be an annoying little kid <laughs> with the dinosaur boss, because yep. she's, she's, she basically just keeps asking questions like, oh, so why do you need to take the auditor with you? Uh-huh. And he's like, uh, because he failed. Why? Uh-huh. Because paperwork's important. Why? Because it is! Why? Because there's yeah. regulations! And she just keeps... And to the point where Belly leaves the scene uh-huh. <laughs> to go and talk to Zeus for a bit. And
1: he... The, the smile on his face uh, down there on the bottom is so funny.
0: It's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, okay... She doesn't realize it, but she's got a superpower when she's not in Shazam form, and that's yep. what, this is what it is. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, dear. Uh, so he goes to Zeus to basically beg for Zeus to fix the house. Be like, hey, mm-hmm. like, do this, would you please? Like, I've ruined everything. And Zeus is like, hey, we're not on the best of terms right now because the previous story that we just had before this one. Yep. And uh, funny enough, it's Black Adam that shows up and backs up Billy and says, mm-hmm. no, like, you should help, you know, come on, Zeus, uh, go, go, and, go and help her. So we don't actually get to see all the conversation, like, Billy leaves to go get Darla before we get to see mm-hmm. the, all of it, but you just see Black Adam holding, like, a, a destroyed teddy bear in his hand, which I can only assume belongs to Darla. Yeah,
1: and just and knowing Black Adam's origin, uh, if we're using the 52 part of the story, him having his family ripped away, you know, with, with Isis and Osiris and all that stuff, you know, yeah. uh, it, it's a very, you know, and this is where the art really soars with Black Adam because him looking down, it's kind of split into two panels. Yeah. So I you're mean, really able to drive home what this teddy bear means for him.
0: Oh yeah. The split's really good. Cause it's like, it makes you break it up in your focus, uh, yeah. in a really simple way. Uh, I think, you know, they are, we, we do obviously still miss Mora a bit. Cause mm-hmm. obviously exceptional, but th- this, you know, Suzuka has been, and I probably butchered that again, uh, he is still very good with the layouts in the sequencing. He's still very good at sort of making the little moments, the little either comedic moments or the dramatic moments count. And I think mm-hmm. this idea that Black Adam showed up to sort of help here in his own way, even though he says it in his own very Black Adam way, is kind of sweet in a weird way. Uh, yeah. So, uh,
1: and it shows like he's not a 100% a bad guy, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There, there's, still, there's still some good in there.
0: Come back to Darla, who's still saying why, and the dinosaur captain is just like, kill me, kill me now. And i know, I'm already I know, dead. Yeah, a dinosaur in the background <laughs> is like, I'm already dead. And good. he's like, you know what? Screw this. Let's just leave her. Let's take mm-hmm. her away. We're leaving immediately. And the other dinosaur is like, we'll have to fill out so many of these forms if we don't capture the auditor. He's like, it's fine. It's fine, we'll do the paperwork, we'll do the paperwork, let's just go. Mm-hmm. I, I need to get away from this awful planet. So, when they fly back down though, the house has been rebuilt. And notably, everyone comments that it's a little bit bigger. Like, yep. just, just, just a little bit, just enough that they notice. Uh, and all of their equipment's back, their games consoles, all of their personal stuff. And the neighbours don't even remember the fight happened. It's like, just erased their memories. So, it's mm-hmm. like it's like it never happened. Uh, and there's even a sweet little moment where Zeus is kind of like standing over by the tree just kind of watching proudly like he's happy that he did something good like he's like you know what yeah. I'm seeing these kids be happy I I serve my subjects this is actually mm-hmm. a nice well, thing.
1: Well and Billy also was trying to sell him on we'll make sure that it was Zeus that did this we'll, we'll let everyone know yeah.
0: Um, well yeah because that's his bargaining chip when he tried to convince mm-hmm. him he says oh I'll make sure everyone knows that Zeus did this and you'll be remembered mm-hmm. as a god again. And there's a moment when he's flying Darla down to see the house, and he says, hey, you can thank Black Adam for that. And then he goes, mm-hmm. no, wait, actually, no, no, no. Zeus, tell everyone it was Zeus. Yeah. Because
1: <laughs> even Darla says when they look uh, that it's bigger, Darla's like, Zeus works in mysterious ways. Yeah. Uh, you know. Which, so
0: was, which was a nice little payoff to show that she's over it, Like she's not angry yeah. anymore, because she's actually doing mm-hmm. what Billy asked. That's actually yeah. a really nice little touch. It shows that she's... She's moved on and she's, she's working mm-hmm. in team Billy again. So very nice. Uh, Billy goes to see black Adam and Kandak. They basically mm-hmm. just thank him. Right. That, that's, yeah. that's basically it. Uh, and Adam is, you know, he's like, whatever, go away. Our business is finished. You do not owe me yeah. anything. I never want to see you again. And by the way, if you ever hit me again, it'll be the last mm-hmm. time. Uh, and yeah, that's he's basically just been black. He's refusing to let this be a nice moment. He has yep. to black Adam, his way out of the scene, and that's okay. Yeah, See, we're never
1: going to talk about this. You never saw me smile. You know, <laughs> it was one of those type things.
0: Yeah, so there's a little epilogue at the end. Well, technically that was also an epilogue, but yep. <laughs> uh, this is epilogue two, which is teasing whatever we're getting next. We're getting yep. the creeper because uh, Tawny is in the kitchen trying to make dinner. He's mad that he can't find his spice, and mm-hmm. there's like these three creepy eyes in the closet, kind of coming out so it's just setting up i I assume it's a two issue arc because that's when wade's done with his part of the book Mm -hmm. and we're moving on to the new team so no i i I really can't stress how much i've loved wade shazam up until now especially the last like i don't know three or four issues i think Mm -hmm. have all just been phenomenal Uh, and i think this continued that i think it has the right amount of levity the right amount of actual weight in moments that need weight they just make it feel full as a, a reading experience so
1: yeah, and it, and it he doesn't lose the the point that the family is very important to Billy, and that they're you know mm-hmm. Billy's still a kid, you know. So a lot of the a lot of the uh, like decisions that he makes comes from that perspective. Uh, and Wade never loses that, so it, it's it's always a cross for you know him going to talk to Zeus and whatnot and trying to you know talk to him. It's very much like a kid bargaining for like more time on the video game, right? So uh, I, I like seeing that uh, play out.
0: Yeah. There's uh, some fun dialogue at the end uh, with all the kids shouting from the other room about mm-hmm. dinner coming. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, not a solid issue. I like the payoff to just about everything here. Uh, mm-hmm. So, no, another great issue. Uh, Shazam, what are you giving Shazam, Matt? Uh, I'm going to give this an eight. Uh, I'm gonna go 8.5 on this one uh, mm-hmm. I think it was really really good So, uh, there you go Poison Ivy issue 19 mm-hmm. G. Willow Wilson writing with Marcio Takara on the art, take it away Matt
1: yeah, so at the end of the last issue we had uh, a Floronic Man showing back up and Pam dying, and so this issue picks up with Croc and Janet from HR um, basically yelling towards Pam of what's going on what is that thing And then everything goes black and we get dropped into a new telling of Ivy's uh, or uh, yeah, I would say it would be Ivy's origin. Um, So it's weird that we're getting a Joker year one. And now it's seemingly we're getting poison Ivy, not quite year one, um, but it, it goes to her being a, you know, science nerd teenager and mom telling her she's spending too much time looking at microscopes. And she just wants she wants to get into this very prestigious school uh, in Seattle because it's the only one that has a plant biochemistry program. Um, and so, you know, she stays the course. She ends up there and ends up uh, being taught by Dr. Jason Woodruff, who later becomes the pharaonic man. Um, and this is where the, the first problem I have with this comes into Because G. Willow Wilson makes the fatal mistake of let's tie let's tie every plant based character together at this one place. Um, And so as she's in this school, she she ends up meeting. uh, What's his name? Uh, Phil Sylvain, who is a plant genomics expert uh, and Dr. Alec Holland, who's a brilliant botanist who becomes Swamp Thing <clears> throat> and throat> Alex's wife Linda uh, and so they're all in this school and she's you know they, they're all in the same class being taught by Wood and I just I, you know it, it's one of those things in comics where everything's just a little bit too neat you know like I'm perfectly fine with Ivy and, and Holland not meeting until he's Swamp Thing and she's Poison Ivy you know and yes they share this you know, his not even history, but they share a, a similar past in, you know, plant life and and whatever. Uh, so just putting them all together in one spot for her, you know, t- you know, to become poison ivy, I think is a little bit messy, um, or not messy, but a little bit too convenient. Uh, but it shows the dynamics here with with all of them, in that you know she's very much trying to get into the good favor of Woodrow, and you know. Uh, Holland and his wife are, of course, married. Sylvain's, you know, kind of, you know, he's part of the team as well, but he's kind of standoffish towards everybody. Um, And Pam tells him, like, yeah, uh, I'm going to go and get a head start on this project that we're working on that, you know, Woodrow wants to start trying to use these mushrooms to, like, or genetically manipulate these mushrooms into becoming other things so he's trying to merge you know animal life with plant life um and they tell her like we all know this is code that you're just gonna go hang out with woodrew because you're sweet on him um and pam's like yeah i I probably should have listened i should have you know had more caution um (coughs) sorry about that so she goes and he starts telling her that they're you know this project that they're working on You know, we have to keep presenting it to the donors because that's the only way we're going to keep getting money. And he's very, you know, he's all smiles and he looks like Prince Charming and Pam's very taken with him. And um, he says, you know, the the regulators and the medical ethics boards are so squeamish about what we're working on. So we're going to have to keep this quiet. Uh, And uh, the team ends up having this big, huge breakthrough. um, And they... uh, he ends up picking uh, Linda and Pam as his assistants to work on this project, to which the guys get very upset. And Woodruff tries to spin it as, oh, you know, don't be jealous. You know, I, it's important that we promote women in science. Um, Linda doesn't look thrilled, but Pam is, you know, beyond happy. And this is where Carr's art looks really great because when he says that, uh, Pam's smiling. Linda looks confused. Sylvain looks upset. And Alec is uh, just as confused as his wife. Uh, And, uh, again, it drives home what the whole vibe of the story is, is that Ivy's not picking up on the dangers that are very real, that is about to change her life forever. Um, And Woodrow tells him, you know, we're here to break boundaries, you know, and I'm willing, you know, to... Uh, It says, so never let it be said. I wasn't willing uh, to give my female students opportunities for advancement. I love women and it just comes off as so creepy, you know, and it's definitely edging towards that uh, me too kind of vibe of this guy is going to definitely abuse his power. And that's how we're going to end up with Ivy. Um, So Linda and Pam are working on this uh, project. They're still not done because it's very challenging. And he freaks out that they were supposed to be done. Um, he swipes one of the vials that they're using and, uh, from Linda and just like roughly injects this plant with whatever material they're working on. And it says, you know, that, that should do it. And it, you're seeing the bad side of him now. So the first half of the book really shows him as Prince Charming. This side shows like that darker half. Like if this was one of the true crime docs I watched with my wife, this is definitely where you start getting the, you know, Oh, there he wasn't always all right. You know? <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, as, as he's yelling at them, Linda looks at Pam is like, why, why didn't you say something? You, you, there's two of us. There's one of him. You could have stood up and Pam's just like, well, I didn't want to upset him. You know how he gets. And, uh, then now Pam, not, not, future Pam starts narrating says, this is what an evil genius does. He isolates you, puts you against your colleagues and your friends. Uh, and then from that point, uh, Pam's kind of on her own. She starts isolating herself from her group of friends. Um, brings in the plant that they were working on and it? Just, it looks like something from the thing. It's, it's all curly, but it's purple now instead of green. Um, And it's it's basically all tendrils and it looks very sinister. And Woodru tells him that it reacts it not only reacts to light and temperature, but to human voices, it's listening to us. Um, which again, it everybody looks worried except for Pam, who looks excited. Um Woodru ends up telling Pam, like, hey, I'm gonna need a little bit of more extra help, so why don't you come by my office? Uh and she does. And she says, I wish this is, you know, I'd love to say this isn't what it looks like, but it's exactly. And it shows her on top of him, uh, passionately kissing him. Mm-hmm. Um, and she goes, you know, at the time I thought it was exciting. I didn't think we we're doing anything wrong. I was an adult. Like, so it wasn't illegal, but, um, this is the beginning where everything went wrong. So it shows that Woodrow has a, Definitely a firm hold over her, which has been a which has been a theme from this book from the start um, that she's never going to be able to escape the guy that turned her into this. Um, And so she ends up meeting with at like a shipping facility. There's a bunch of like shipping containers all over. And he has a secret lab and he says, like, this is where I've been doing all the wonderful work. And there's all of these plants that just look like something at a little shop of horrors that they're all very sharp angled and very threatening looking. Um, and Pam says that at the time she couldn't believe she was seeing, it looked like something from a dream. Um, and it's here that Woodru drops on her that like, yeah, we can't be doing this type of work at the university anymore. Cause they're starting to ask too many questions. Uh, so we're going to have to get our, you know, supplies and funding elsewhere. Uh, She starts working, you know, throw herself into this work. Um, And he ends up, you know, telling her that I have something for you uh, to do because you're the only one that can help me. And it jumps to the university two nights later. And Pam's dressed in all green. She has what looks like a, a scarf wrapped around her face. And she goes, you know, up to this point, I was a straight A student. I'd never done anything like he like close to getting a speeding ticket. But this was the, the uh, moment that poison Ivy was born because this is where she got okay with breaking all the rules. And she ends up sneaking into the university, stealing some cultures, uh, and running out as security, uh, is, is chasing her. Uh, and she was like, this is when it, something got woken up inside of me, something beautiful, but something dangerous. And that's where it ends. And, uh, yeah, so not stoked on to be getting this new version of Ivy's origin, but it is in theme to the story that Wilson's been telling from the beginning, which is amazing considering this was only meant to be like a six issue mini. So the fact that she's been able to spin it this far and, you know, I feel like if this book doesn't, at least it's going to have like a, you know, it's going to feel like a complete run. It's not going to feel like it was cut off. So, uh, Takara's art's fantastic. The facial expressions are still there, um, but there's there's not like it's very outside of like the plant creature, you know, experiment things. There's not a lot of like superhero type stuff. It's all very like normal because it's all set at the university and it's they're all, all, it's all still. Talky, you mean not just not just talky, but like. There's not a lot of flourishes to anything. Everyone like Takar's giant. So knowing what he can do and just having that restraint here, to you know, it really makes those scenes stand out because they're so mundane. That's the word I'm looking for. There's a mundane uh, mundanity to to it all, and it just works so well. So um, this is, I think, a lot like the Joker. I think it's a, a three part story as well. So it's just funny how at DC, there's a lot of similar thoughts going on. You know, we talked about like the, the Joker virus thing ending like Pizarro and all of that. It's, you know, so, uh, it's just weird how things are lining up.
0: Um, that's strange,
1: but yeah. So, so rating this, uh, I'm going to give this an eight.
0: All right. Uh, so everyone to patreon.com slash mailfuzz TV at one of the higher tiers. You can make me read a book of your choosing. And I'm working through Batman and the Outsiders for a patron. This is issue 11 and it has been billed as the origin of Katana part one, which isn't entirely true. Like it's Katana focused for sure. Like most of the, the books about Katana and it's definitely delving in and we're finding out stuff about our past, but it's not, it's not like a literal we're going to go do the story like, through a whole flashback kind of thing. Maybe there'll be a flashback element Mm -hmm. next issue, but this one's all set present day. And it's a pretty solid issue, actually. It it was a nice change of pace because of how it it operates. Basically, Katana and uh, Geoforce were out to see a movie at the start of the, of the issue, and they're walking home through Gotham, and they get mugged, right? A bunch of thugs show up, trying to mug them, and... Brian has, like, an interesting reaction to this. He's like, oh, this is just, like, my homeland. The poor people ask for money, so you give them some money, and they go away. And he tosses them a coin, right? Almost really condescending. But the thugs look at the coin, and it's a Markovian coin with, like, his face on it. And this is this is fake shit. What is this? And he's like, you dare insult the currency of my land?
1: i was like, here, take this, Pors.
0: <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah. uh, so obviously they start fighting them because they can. Uh, right. Katara starts beating the shit out of a bunch of them. Geoforce blasts them with a bit of, well, Geoforce. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but watching from the shadows is a ninja, right? So if you remember last issue, a mysterious mm-hmm. Japanese man got off a plane and said he was looking for a sword just like his. So this is a ninja, they all all dressed in black with just a little like, you know, eye slip for the for the vision. Mm-hmm. Kind of t- typical traditional ninja. And he's watching, he's like, oh well, those stupid thugs that I hired couldn't do it, so I guess I'll have to do it. So basically he wanted them to mug her and get her sword, right? That's what they were really aiming mm-hmm. for. Uh but she goes home, uh, she's remember she's roommating with Halo, and she gives Halo a kitten that she's brought home for her, and Halo's delighted. She loves the kitten uh all very nice although Katana's done this to distract her so that she won't ask as many questions or notice that when she's snuck out to go do her katana things but she goes she gets dressed up in her katana outfit goes to her sword and we get the little speech bubble from the sword saying katana is that you and we've seen this before in the book we've seen like the the voice that she's speaking to from the sword before and we you know i know that it's her her husband but that's Mm -hmm. not been said in the book yet that's something that comes up in this issue as she finally sort of says that. But uh, she's talking to the sword, and then she's doing some of her her meditation or whatever in front of the sword, and this issue is very action-focused in the sense that there's a big chunk here that is very much quiet. There's the odd line of dialogue or thought bubble, but it's like the ninja, like, you know, doing the classic rope over the edge of of the apartment, climbing up, coming in through the patio door, and there's just like a little click when it happens, so that, that sort of tips off Katana, and we get a fight scene between Katana and this ninja, uh, which of course makes Halo wake up, and she comes in yawning, holding the little kitten, and be like, what's going on? Uh, and the artist is having fun here, actually, because like the ninja throws, the, or, or maybe not intentionally throws, but the, the Katana comes flying into the wall, right past Halo and the kitten, and obviously Halo's got like a shot look in her face, but I love that the artist has drawn a shocked look on the cat's face as well, just to give it that extra bit of flavor, extra bit of panache. Uh, but uh, So yeah, Halo tries to use her powers to trick the ninja, uh, but ultimately the, the fight between Katana and the ninja keeps going. And uh, the ninja wins. Uh, he hits Katana in the back. With the sword which makes her fall off a ledge into uh the, the ground below and she's not like permanently hurt or anything like that but she's taken out a commission for him to like grab the sword and uh, be on his way um yeah uh so yeah he succeeded he's got the sword and uh off he goes basically uh, and katana's really dejected and like she holds up the katana that the other guy left and looks into the reflection. So we get this really cool panel of like, her reflection and the blade of the sword. You know, very old school kind of mm-hmm. samurai movie stuff. Uh, but all very good. There is a quick cutaway here to Jefferson at um, uh, the high school teaching. Because you may remember there was a previous issue where the kids were being really shitty to him and throwing stuff at him. Uh, and basically they're, they're joking about how they're going to do it again. And Jefferson comes in, and the the kid f- throws the can of coke at him, and it, Jefferson looks pissed and the kid's like, well, you can't do anything about it, can you? Well, you mean I can't hit you? That's true. So he takes the coke and pours what's left of it on top of the kid's boombox, uh, which really upsets him. <laughs> so it's basically just Jefferson's got, got his mojo back kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Just a little, like, quick little insert. Uh, meanwhile at the high school, Halo is asked out on a date, but I mean, like she's sitting talking to her friend at high school who's wanting to copy her homework. And then off in the distance, I could, I could just, I could hear something. I could hear the signs of who was coming. Mm-hmm. It was, was that a drum beat? Oh, what? Do, 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 do. I can feel it calling oh, in the no. air tonight it's phil collins oh lord this character's name is phil collins <laughs> <laughs> let's go this this teenage boy walks in the cafeteria and the bubble just says it's phil collins <gasps> and i'm like yeah. Look, hold on, phil collins was already famous when this book was coming out i'm pretty yeah? sure he was that, that's this can't be a coincidence
1: this is, this is from 1984, so he's definitely with Genesis. Yeah. Or has been with Genesis. Because Peter Gabriel's getting ready to do, or he might already be solo. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, I like, I, I couldn't believe my, my eyes. I, I saw the speech bubble. It's not like it was, like, a name that's like, common or, like, a famous person from, like, the 90s. And I'm like, oh, it's just they didn't know about him yet. It's a coincidence. Mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, like, someone's a Phil Collins fan. I'm calling it. Uh, mm-hmm. So... But he asks her out to a thing at the weekend, and she says yes. Uh, But when she gets home, there's a note from Katana saying she's left, and we see her on a plane to Japan. She's going to get her damn sword back. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like I say, it's very Katana-focused, and she's basically like, hey, don't try and follow me. I have to go do this on my own. Uh, And there's a great little fist pump kind of like happy moment when she gets to her hotel in the next couple of pages, And the entire Outsiders team standing in her hotel room waiting, like, in costume, ready to go. And basically saying, like, we're not letting you do this alone. Like, come on now, we're a team. Uh, So, you know, this is where she kind of fesses up because Batman's like, hey, you've got this Katana now, though. Does it matter to get the other one back? Uh, is, Is there like a demon in this or something? And she's like, no, nothing inhabits this sword. But something mm-hmm. doesn't happen. My sword, yeah. my dead husband. I need my dead husband's sword back. Yeah. So that, I mean, this was all. This was all really good, well constructed stuff because it it spent time making the ninja like attack fun and mm-hmm. like a big fight that Katana ultimately lost and Halo being the one that kind of lives with her and this innocent character who witnesses it and then her coming home to like be shocked that she's effectively ran away and like so it does a job of showing you that Halo depends on her, like a big sister, like a mother figure. Mm -hmm. So you really feel the impact from her perspective when she finds the note saying she's, she's ran away. Like it does a good job of setting that up and paying it off. So it has impact. And then you get the sort of the, the subverted impact of like, no, the entire team's here. We've figured it out. Batman tapped the goddamn phone line, figured out where she was going on the plane and made sure they were there first. And a private jet. I assume they don't mention that. Right. Easy deduction to make. So, turns out this ninja dude, because that's what we go to next, is the ninja dude Mm -hmm. is going to his boss in the Yakuza, right? Mm -hmm. I always say Yakuza. I'm trying to train myself to say Yakuza because it's actually the...
1: That's the actual pronunciation?
0: I think it is. I think that's how you're supposed to say it. But I'm used to Yakuza. Even, like, movies I've watched have said Yakuza because it's the the Western way of saying it, but... Yeah. uh, Yeah. So, I'm I'm trying to train myself to say Yakuza, but... uh, he goes and he's got he's got this, you know the the boss man is like sitting, he's like, Did you know did you get the, the sword? And he's like, Oh, I dare not fail you, Master. And he's like, Yes, yes, you're wise. Uh so he goes and gets dressed in his robe, right? Uh, and he's ready for this ritual. And they've got the sword. They put this dragon like thing around it, light some fires, and then do like a, an incantation. And we actually hear the voice, like Katana's husband starts speaking to him. He's like, No! and they're basically trying to bring the spirits and the sword back to life and oh, basically dear. there's like a series of panels of four other people that come out of the sword uh this warrior woman uh who is shuriken which very on the nose name i suppose uh yeah. but she's like yes i will serve you because you freed me from the sword and then there's another warrior who's a uh, nunchaku again very on the nose uh, but he's got the full sort of like samurai classic regalia and helmet on mm-hmm. uh, he's got a, I think it's a Kurosaga I think you call that weapon he's holding um, is that
1: the the chain thing
0: yeah with a sort of sickle at the end kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like you know you're summoning me what and then there's like a, a sort of small guy named Blowdart uh, it sends in a theme here and then mm-hmm. there's a sort of tall barbarian looking dude called Arthur Stoneaxe <laughs> It's, it's just like a sounds like a character that like an action hero would be named in an eighties movie.
1: That that's a Jack Slater role.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah. so basically they're all going to serve their their master. Like they're almost like genies that have been let out of a lamp. Yeah. And like the voice says no. So that the husband still try to resist coming out, but they keep doing the incantation and he he does come out, right? He comes out. Um and it turns out that the ninja is uh, his brother so the ninja is actually katana's brother-in-law mm. right so just to keep to keep this straight mm-hmm. Uh. so yeah so basically the, the yakuza boss is like you five uh, are going to do my bidding starting with killing your wife the woman known as katana and that's the cliffhanger so honestly this was a fantastic issue this set up it focused on a couple of key characters and when it did skip away, than maybe the Jefferson thing, just because it happened to be at the high school, even when it skipped away to show you stuff with Halo, it basically was putting Halo in a happy full sense of security to really hit the, mm. the shock of Katana having left when she comes back. And then the team showing up to help her, and then all this interesting backstory that they're kind of revealing through this plot playing out was super interesting. It was actually really refreshing. They didn't just do a flashback. And they may do a little one next time. I'm sure there's a possibility. Yeah. But I was I was into it. Um I might just get the names of uh some of these uh character here. Uh so Oh god. I'm sure I'm sure they said this this ninja's name like five times and I, now that I'm yeah. looking for it, I, I can't find the damn thing. So I,
1: I have them up because they're the samurai squad.
0: No uh, no not, not the squad, the oh. the guy who went to get the sword, the brother in law. Oh, so he's it, like Takai uh, I think it's, to- Takio. Takio. okay, thank you. Yeah,
1: because uh, his brother's
0: Maceo. Yes, was the husband. Yeah, the dead husband. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I really like this. Like, I, I mean, I didn't expect not to by any means, but yeah. I don't think I was coming into this thinking this might be one of the best issues of the book so far. But as far as it's like written and like, the craft of it, it's very tight, and it tells a compelling mm-hmm. story with a good cliffhanger, and it's fleshing out a character who, at the time, people didn't really know anything about because she was new. Right. Um, even for me like obviously I knew about the dead husband I didn't know there was like four other spirits in there that like yeah. that have been summoned they're going to be like a villain team working for the bad guy that's well, let, alone,
1: let alone a barbarian named Anthor Stone Axe
0: <laughs> oh like, Anthor I'll call them Arthur sorry yeah. Anthor Stone Axe
1: I'm only because I'm only looking at it pulled yeah. it up I pulled up the Samurai Squad
0: um, but yeah, yeah. So, so no, super interesting I was really into this one uh art was, was very solid. The entire Ninja Katana fight uh was was extremely well done. It felt like a scene from an 80s movie. You know, if, mm-hmm. you, if you I don't know if you've ever seen Enter the Ninja or mm-hmm. anything like that, but it kind of felt like something from that kind of thing. Uh so no, super super into it. Uh yeah. very good. So yeah. Uh yeah, part two is next issue. We'll see how that how that goes. But uh yeah. uh honestly, I think this is a main This this may be my favorite issue of the book so far. So, uh, good stuff. All right. Uh, Right. That'll take us out of the last part of the show where we pick our favorite stuff of the week, favorite panel slash moment, favorite cover, favorite art, and Mm. top five books or as many under five as we've got. So, (laughs) uh, we'll start off with panel slash moment, Matt. What do you have?
1: All right. So, there's there's a couple from Poison Ivy. I do like the, you know, the, the what could go wrong. kind of look where Pam's all excited. The rest of them look uh, freaked out. Um, Shazam had a couple of good ones too uh, but mine's actually going to be from Birds of Prey and it's the very last panel to where it's got Dinah and Cass on the roof where it says we're going to need a new team and Cass just says yeah. Uh, Just the way that this whole issue built up to that epilogue and then we get these two um, standing like that. It's very much a hero pose. You know, we're, we're at a, uh, it's a high angle, right? When it's down low, remind me, from film school.
0: High angle's low, right? It, it's it's a low angle shot, because you're looking up. The yeah, camera's down right. low, so you're looking up.
1: It's, I always flipped those, I always got yelled at in camera class. <laughs> but yeah, so it's a low angle uh, looking up at them, and it just, it makes them feel like proper superheroes.
0: Yeah, low angle makes you look tall and big. Uh, yeah. High angle makes you look small, so... Right. If you want the characters to feel like they're in a bad place, you might do a, a high angle shot mm-hmm. to make them feel like they're that's right. being consumed by the world around them. To get, mm-hmm. to get artsy about it, that's... that's yeah,
1: like I always loved them because a high angle looks down and a low angle looks up. And I always just always
0: transposed them. So. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah, I'm also going with Birds of Prey. I, I think it's interesting that, you know, I wasn't going to pick it from Batman, so I really only had two books to pick from. I think yeah. there's multiple things in both books that I could pick uh Mm. but i'm going to go simply i mean honestly the entire like reveal about babs and the time travel is Mm -hmm. all kind of it but if i'm picking a specific moment it's no one messes with barbara gordon on my effing watch yeah it's it's a pretty good one it's a fist pump moment if you care about the characters it just works Mm -hmm. it's a real call to action for the next arc really good stuff uh Cover of the week, not a lot of books to choose from, so I'll, I'll just mention the one that I'm picking, and that's the Chris mm-hmm. Samney Shazam cover, which is doing an E.T. thing where they're on Ugh. the bikes.
1: I'm, I'm glad you brought that one up, because I there, there's one from each that I wanted to talk about, so and that was my Shazam one.
0: Yeah, and I think, so, is that Mr. Mind, who's the E.T. in the basket? I believe so. Yeah. He looks like a, a caterpillar. Uh, nice, so, touch. So, yeah. nice touch,
1: nice so, touch. So Ivy, there's a couple good ones. Uh, the one specifically that I like this week is... The Yannick uh, Paquette, which has got uh, Pam, you know, before she's Ivy uh, on here. I'm trying to get it to load. Um, so it's got her wearing like the jacket, but she's fully Ivy. And she's got Batman and Robin up in some tendrils. So it's definitely playing off of the early era. Um, and then for birds, there is for Birds of Prey. And now it disappeared onto who did the cover. There it is. Uh, the Dustin Wynn. Cardstock variant, it's got uh, all of the birds in blue. Uh, On black, it's very, you know, kind of minimalist there, but in that uh, wind style. Uh, And then Batman, um, despite all the Joker covers, there's a nice uh, Melnikov cover, but there's a great Tachini cardstock variant. I I
0: thought the Giuseppe cover of Joker just turning around and laughing was pretty good. Yeah, uh, that's pretty good
1: too. Um that one's nice. Uh so those are the ones that I want to spotlight. Uh but I'm gonna go with the win birds of prey cover.
0: Uh there's something about that blue with the black. Okay. Uh it's just it's real striking. All right. Art of the week. And I feel like obviously Batman, if it was Sorrentino Mm -hmm. the entire time, it would just win. (laughs) But it's not. It's not even half the book. It's less than half. It's like three, Mm -hmm. four pages. So I actually think it's quite tough between Birds and Shazam this this week because I think mm-hmm. they're, they're both very good. They both tell their stories well. They both add to the drama of the story with how they, they pace things out and do mm-hmm. the, the layouts. I think if I'm pushed, I'm going to go with Romero for Birds of Prey, but I'm I'm torn on the choice.
1: Yeah, uh, basically everything that you just said, but it, it's definitely Romero. Um, I mean, shout such to Takara too. For, for that art because that art in Ivy was great as well. So basically the three books that I enjoyed this week all had also, all had great art. Uh, but Romero just edges that out for me because the way that Megara, uh, the way that he draws out with all the, the swoopy lines, uh, but you can still make sense of everything. And then just that, that last sequence with, uh, with Meridian and, uh, you know, that, that page of uh, Barbara dying all the different times. It just, that was, you know, that hit hard. So it's going to be Birds for me.
0: Yeah. uh, And then ranking the books, Matt, uh, on you go. Yeah, so I'm going to do uh, Birds of Prey 1. I'm going to do Shazam
1: 2. Uh, real close to that is Ivy. And then not close to any of those is is Batman.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's funny because obviously I've been giving Birds a lot of props, but I think I'm going to put Shazam 1. Just by a nudge, because I did rate it slightly mm-hmm. higher. Um, I think it's maybe more of a, an even overall issue, mm-hmm. uh, whereas Birds is you know a little like different, and it's like halves, and one half mm-hmm. is definitely the better of the two halves for me. But uh, so Shazam number one, number two Birds, and then distant third is Batman. There you mm-hmm. go. Uh, although if I can include Outsiders on here, then that may be number one. But yeah, I, I don't, I can't include the Patreon books. It's not allowed because it's not. Yeah, right. a, a release from this week, I'm afraid. So, ah mm-hmm. oh, dear, oh god. Hmm. Uh, I am enjoying going through that book though. I I I am yeah. really glad someone's making me do a proper classic run.
1: Uh, I I enjoy hearing how how zany the eighty stories get while also maintaining yeah. some sincerity. You know, because it's a pretty serious story about her grieving her husband. You know, it's not just the sword she's missing; it's it's her yeah. husband.
0: It's the thing so, where I like doing it, and I would totally just throw in another book. It's not a Patreon book, but just another classic yeah. book that I do in a quiet mm-hmm. week every month, except yeah. I'll always end up cutting it for time when I when I realize hey. I've left things too late. The great thing about being a Patreon book, it's not so much that I wouldn't read yeah. this in general otherwise, but it forces yeah. me to
1: actually You're do obligated. it every month. Yeah,
0: it's an obligation, yeah. so I have to do it every um, month. But it's a good that's obligation. Used,
1: that's what my parents used to call me, so I get it. <laughs>
0: Matt, you're a little you're you're just a living STD. That's all you are, Matt.
1: <laughs> Dad, is that
0: you? He's weak B shoot. From the beyond. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh that is uh that well that's that. But I'll tell you what's coming next week from DC Comics. Uh so mm-hmm. Uh, I don't expect there'll be as much Phil Collins in next week's books, but uh, coming next week, we've got Batman 143. Oh, that's right. I forgot we were getting three weeks of Batman in a row. Yep. That's fun. I'm so excited
1: for that. Hey, there is a Batman book I am excited for next week.
0: Ah, yes, yes, yes. It's not that one, though. Yes. Yes, I I too look forward to my my, uh, weekly... Lobotomy. I don't know know where I was going with that sentence. It was either Lobotomy or Enema, and I thought Lobotomy makes more sense.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes it feels like an enema. (laughs) Uh,
0: Also, we have Action Comics 1062. We got Batman and Robin issue 6. We have Green Lantern issue 8. Uh, with a pretty nice-looking cover there, if I do say so. Yeah, so uh, also get Ron Mars uh, writing Kyle again in the backup. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Kyle's on the cover as well, part of why yes. it's so good. <laughs> uh, we got Batman City of Madness issue 3. Really excited to see how that uh, wraps yep. up. Is that only a three-issue thing? I think yes. so, yeah. Uh, and then we got Wesley Dawes The Sandman issue 5. We have Blue Beetle issue 6. Red Hood the Hill issue 1. Outsiders issue four, Speed Force issue four, Sinister Sons issue one, and Mad Magazine issue thirty-six. Um so that was a relatively big list, but I mean there's no way in hell I'd read the Speed Force because I hated that first yep. issue. No, um, so
1: I, I went from having four books this week to seven next week. So
0: it's not is uh, not bad. Yeah, seven's fine. No,
1: uh you know, um the the Batman uh I always forget the name of this one. City of Madness. Uh, it, it's a bigger book, but it tends to read quicker.
0: Yeah. So uh, I've got six books, so it's still I'd still stay next week. A quiet week. It's not a busy week. Yeah. Uh, no. So I, I will say though, typically I'll try issue ones, but somehow they've got two issue ones next week that I don't want to try either. <laughs> nah. Because normally, even if I'm not excited for issue one, I'll try an issue one just for the show. But like, I know I'm not going to read Red Hood the Hell, and I I I didn't like the backup of what I read of Sinister Sons, so. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to read this year one of it, yep. if I'm honest, so uh, I I think we will forgo such a, such a thing, um, yeah. but anywho, uh, alright, let us, let us wrap up the show. This has been episode 394 of Comments from the Multiverse, you can support the content Support the show, help keep it coming, we go to patreon.com slash mailfuzz TV. There's a bunch of bonuses on there for all the other things that MailFuzz movies and MailFuzz TV do. We've got movie podcasts, we got sci-fi movie podcasts, horror movie podcasts. Uh, I do a bunch of TV reviews over MailFuzz TV on YouTube, bunch of things over there. Uh, but you do get early access to comments from the multiverse. And of course there's a, you know, uh just a generally good fuzzy feeling in your stomach for supporting something you like. You feel good about it, you know? Uh it's like only fans, but we don't take our clothes off.
1: I mean, paid enough on Patreon. You <laughs> he might.
0: Hey, you don't know what I'm wearing below the waist right now, right? I
1: don't. I, ho- I hope it's a lot, though. <laughs> layers. Layers. <laughs> it's cold where you live.
0: Could be layers. Could be vapors. You don't know.
1: Yeah, oh boy. Ugh. <laughs> uh,
0: i okay, stand up at the end of the show just to give yeah. them a heart attack just for the split those, second like oh oh those poor, those poor cats uh, they don't care though. actually to be fair having cats is a very good reason to always be wearing uh, yeah. stuff because they do jump up on your lap and if you're not yep. wearing like you, you need at least shorts on on top of your underwear yeah. otherwise the claws just dig into your skin like you, you mm-hmm. need the layers so it's a uh, Find comfort in that if you if you do. Uh but yeah, that's the that's the show, everyone. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh I think Connor will be on next week. So we'll have a full set, a full trio. Oh,
1: uh, is that is that true? I'm busy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think he said he was free and Saturday this week, so unless something yep. changes, uh, we gotcha. may have a, a Wild Connor on the show next week with his sh- well, let's face it. Shitty takes
1: <laughs> Ugh.
0: God wait what books is he going to ravage oh I don't know the funny thing is the funny thing is is that people think people who are new to the show and maybe haven't seen a Connor episode yet because he's only here intermittently Mm -hmm. just now they may think oh they've been really mean to this Connor guy and he's never here they're just being mean because he's not here and I'm like no 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 I am, if anything, I am meaner when he's here, right? This is... the.
1: You know how they <laughs> say absence makes the heart grow fonder? <laughs> it, it's done the opposite. It, 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 absence has made me, when I see him more, I, he tends to wear me down.
0: No, but, I would but... describe a friendship with Connor of being like when a heart monitor is just went dead. It's just a flat line, it's just... Oh,
1: he is great at being terrible, though, so... <laughs>
0: anywho that's the show thank you very much for joining us everyone we always appreciate it we somehow still just about hit two hours despite the fact yeah. that we only had uh, what f- four new books yeah plus a Patreon book so we we, su- we, we be beandered a bit though well a little, little bit at the start but I feel like we still started talking mm-hmm. about the books about half an hour and yeah. like that still, still, yeah, yeah it's, 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 you know don't call us heroes but don't f- not. Life away. Uh, that's the show, everyone. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Keep reading DC Comics. And remember to never get lost in the Speed Force.